This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode number 48. Four dozen episodes of What Did You Watch This Week? My name's Mike. My name is John. <laughs> and we're going to talk about shows and stuff that we watched this week. Yes, and only that. Right, right. Um, and uh, we're recording this a little late. We're recording it Monday evening. But we're holding to the same rules, so for instance, I will not be talking about The Walking Dead from last night. That will be on the next podcast, because that's what I watched that week. Yes, the Blizzard Winter Storm Orson, I think they called this one, but the Blizzard of 2017 that dumped two feet of snow on us uh, delayed our recording. Yep. Um, I, I would like to, I'd like to go a little, um, little, uh, Unorthodox and start out with not a TV show, not a movie, not even a trailer to speak of, but just some awesomeness that okay. I saw this week. And it's the thing that I'm most excited about, I think, of everything I watched all week. And that was the little short three-minute type Behind the scenes, I don't know whatever you want to call it, movie preview trailer gimmick of Avengers Infinity Wars. Did you see this, John? I, uh, as you were saying, this was the thing that you were most excited about for this week. I highlighted Avengers Infinity War preview on my notes because I knew that I'd be crossing it off shortly thereafter. Uh, yeah, uh, 34 seconds in, and I'm all giddy like a schoolgirl, all goosebumpy, all excited, and I had to pause it because I was, I couldn't pay attention to it anymore. When on the screen pops up Iron Man, Star Lord, and Spider Man together, I was just like, yeah! <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was that was pretty awesome. I mean, like you said, it wasn't even a trailer, you know. No, it, it had fe- it had footage from other movies that we've seen and other clips that we've seen, yeah. but it was more about them saying we've started production. This is yep. the first day of shooting, and you know this is when the Avengers meet the Guardians of the Galaxy, as they confirmed. This is when yep. we're really going to see Thanos in his full glory, confirmed. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I told Rude, I was like, I don't see, I don't need to hear anything more about this movie. I don't need to see a trailer about this movie. I don't need. This is it. It's all I need. I'm seeing the movie. Oh I mean, yeah, that was that was a given, anyways. But now it's a guarantee. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I need to see nothing more about this movie at all. <laughs> nothing at all. I just I watched that clip at least two times. Uh, back to back, that is, and then I've, I know I've watched it at least once more since then. But initially, I just just because to see. Iron Man, Star-Lord, and Spider-Man on the same screen staying there together, just being like, oh, yeah, we're making a movie together. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy meets the Avengers. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and they still didn't show us 
about the soul gem. You know, they showed us every other infinity stone in a couple different scenes and they still didn't mention when the soul one is coming out. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <sighs> they've got, they've only got a few things. They've got guardians too, which apparently, uh, speaking of guardians Two got an unheard of 100 by the test audiences. Yeah. That's unreal. It, it was, um, there were two other ones. It was like Iron Man 3 was the next highest of the Marvel stuff, and that was like in the high 90s, like 97 or something. But yeah, Guardians 2 got a perfect 100 from the test audience. That's audiences. crazy. That's just, that's how good that movie is, huh? Uh-huh. But they basically got Guardians 2, um, Thor Ragnarok, and yep. Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah. Then maybe Black uh, Panther. I don't remember if Black Panther's coming out before Infinity War. I think it might be, yeah. My brain, I think it is as well. Yeah, because I think it's Spider-Man's next, then Thor this uh, November. Yeah. yeah. While we're on the topic of uh, of how one how one comic book company is doing it right when it comes to their movies, oh no, I'm just gonna talk about another one doing it wrong. And uh, I guess from well, what there's I've, only one out there, so from what I've heard and read. As cool as Wonder Woman looks, there's some negativity about it from some test screening. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically saying, like, all the issues that we had with Batman vs. Superman don't go away with this movie. Oh, good. I can't imagine why. I mean... It's the same crew. It's a different director, but, I mean, a lot of the same producers. Zack Snyder got to wave his dick around the whole thing and be like, I want this. They just keep waving inflatable arm flailing tube dick. You know, it's, they they wanted to do Justice League so bad, but they didn't want to give it a good proper build. Like like, think about this: the Marvel Universe started ten years ago. Yeah, a decade. Okay. Yeah, they've taken by the t- I mean, two thousand eight. By the time Infinity Wars come out, this is a ten year build. Yep. You know, of all these like three Iron Mans. The Hulk movie, you know, these can be the three Thor movies, the two Guardians movies, on and on and on. It's all a build to this. Even when they had to, like, kind of alter their plans a little bit when they got Spider-Man rights back, basically, to make a Spider-Man movie to tie him in, they were able to do that flawlessly, it looks like. (laughs) Yep. You know? Um, They didn't wait to do a standalone Spider-Man movie. They introduced him in Civil War. Very well, you know, as a matter of fact. Yeah, very well indeed. I mean, so they're doing it right. And by the time this, the, you know, Infinity Wars comes out, it's gonna it's gonna be ten years in the making. And it just shakes your head because I I do love Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman those characters and to see them not being given their their true justice in the on the on the big screen because of how they're trying to rush everything, it sucks. Yeah, I agree completely. Basically, it sucks. So, anyhow. Gosh, that was such a great little trailer thing, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) I called it a preview, but you're right. It's kind of a behind-the-scenes. It's kind of a tease. Uh, It it just mattered when he said, this is day one of shooting. Yeah, it's just basically Kevin Fee going, hey – don't worry, guys. Everything cool you want in this movie is going to happen. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. All right. So going back 
to the to the normal format. I'm all caught up on Doctor Who. Wow. Go you. Yeah, I finished out uh, the series there, and then I watched the two Christmas episodes. I liked how they tied the uh, oh. River Song and the uh, Mysterio. Yes, together. You know what I mean by him, basically, because River Song, like, oh, sorry, this is my last day before I die. Yeah, well, uh, day lasts twenty four years here, or night lasts twenty four years, and then in Mysterio, you know, her little. Uh, her little uh, sidekicks there. He's got his body back, <laughs> you know, and, and it, yeah. So it was, it was done well. It was it, done well. It was. We finally got the closure of you know which doctor gave her the sonic screwdriver. Yep. <sighs> it was rough, but like you know, again, I'll reference the fact that you got the advantage of being able to watch them back to back. You know, the rest. Yes. Of the, it was a year between each one of them, so yep. it really felt that much more like you know we. Like, I kind of felt for him because it had been a year for me and they're saying that it was 24 for him and it, it was great, but also bittersweet. Yep. Agreed. Kind of like, uh, go ahead. What'd you think of how they sent Claire out? Um, that was interesting. Like, um, she was becoming more and more reckless, you know. They and I, you could really see that build when you're binge watching it. Yes, but her character was, and then it just gets to that point where she's like, "Well, I'll just do this because I'll be fine. Don't worry about it." And then all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh no, I'm not going to be. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to have to die because you know I didn't think me was going to become such a big character that she did at <laughs> the end of that run." By the way, yeah. When uh, the, when we talked last week, you had just gotten introduced to her, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm not going to yeah. say anything." I was really surprised how big of a character she became in those last few episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the doctor tried to do whatever he could to outrun Clara's death and it just didn't work. Yeah. It just didn't work for him. And, uh, ultimately in the end, well, I mean, she's on the TARDIS. She's on, like a TARDIS. A, she's on a TARDIS shaped like a, a cafe with me yep. and has basically said she knows that she's going to die, that just, she can't outrun what happened. However, they're going to take the long way back around to get there. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean her character's gone forever. Right. Because you did see you know, her TARDIS going off and then the doctor's TARDIS going off Yep. at one scene. So he just doesn't remember her. Wasn't that so well done, though? The it really way that was. they built up to it. He's sitting there yeah. talking to her like he doesn't know her. And, yeah. you know, you couldn't tell for the longest time. Is it that she doesn't recognize him? He doesn't recognize her? Yeah, it was hard to tell who didn't recognize who because of the way they built it. Yep. And then they both, like, blasted each other or whatever it was. And then it was like, who's going to forget who? And then you're like, oh, shit, it's him? Him of all people? Yep. <sighs> He's the doctor. And then we get the, uh, we, we've got this beautiful episode where he's spending, how, I forget, I've seen it twice now. It how was many like billions seven, of years? I, it was like 70 billion years or 7 billion years. I mean, it was a long time. Yeah. That repeating. the Time Lords kept him trapped on that before yep. he finally escaped. Repeating the same day over and over again, but punching through that wall a little bit more each time. Yeah. 70 billion years to punch his way through a diamond wall, essentially. Yep. It was crazy. When he first started punching it, I'm like, what is he doing? 
And then they showed him repeating it, and I'm like, what is he doing? And then the first scene where he's a little bit deeper in, I'm like, oh, my God, they're doing it. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, and then he's the, and then when he gets out, everyone is afraid of him. <laughs> yeah, you tell uh, them I'm that, coming. I took the long way around. That that scene, the the respect shown and everything, like when the soldiers basically they're ordered to fire. You, all of you missed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's the doctor, and yep. I can't remember the quote now because I didn't write it down. But basically, it was like, you'll know when you've. And they call him like the the Lord of War or something like that because he doesn't have a weapon. Right. You know what I mean? I wish I could. I wish I knew that quote because there's a really good quote. And then he, they all lay down their guns and stood by his side. And mm-hmm. then you know he banished him. All he all he had to do was tell us what he knew about the hybrid, and we'd let him go. Instead, we made him sit seventy billion years in this little trapped in this world. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. is so insane to think about. That is insane to think about. And let's let's think about this though. That entire episode was basically just him. Yeah. You know, like he was in every single scene, every single shot, every 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 everything. Yep. And yeah, that episode it was great, and he carried it well. That's why I think I mentioned this last week. That's why when the doctors last three years, by the end of it, they say they're exhausted because in pretty much every episode, they're in every scene. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this season goes. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see who they're going to pass it on to. I know the the big fan swell coming up is they want it to be Haley Atwell. Mm but I, I also heard even odds like six to one for the uh, the kid who plays Q in the new Bond movies. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna do the oh, we're gonna have a woman doctor. If they're just gonna stay the course of uh, of having men, that'll be interesting. It will. Uh, I'm interested to see how this new guy's gonna. You know, I honestly hope it doesn't get leaked. No, I will tell you this. The last time when, when Peter Capaldi stepped into the shoes of the doctor, it was so tightly guarded. Yeah. Like they had a national broadcast of, I think it was Graham Norton. And they basically said, we're going to reveal who the new doctor is. And it was up until that moment that everybody was just sitting there waiting and yep. waiting and waiting. And then he walked out on stage and everyone just exploded. So they're pretty good at keeping secrets when they want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had definitely had the itch to watch some Doctor Who, and I, it's, it's been scratched. Excellent. It's been scratched, but I tell you, I'm I'm thinking I got to pick up the David Tennant years. I want to rewatch those. <laughs> yeah, those are my favorites, Absolutely. especially when he did that farewell tour before he stopped being the Doctor. Yes. You know that was awesome because they just built all those characters together with him, and then it's weird how. For the for the most part, it ends when the when the doctor switches to the new doctor. Pretty much everything else that happened with the doctor is done, except like you know sometimes the companion will carry over. River Song, basically, basically River Song as well. Yeah, she's the only one that's carried through the doctors. Yeah, that when she didn't recognize him, even though he kept saying "I'm the doctor." Yep. But she didn't know about his new re, his new regeneration and the fact that he was given. 
how was he given more than the initial like was it 12 they said they he was allowed to have how did he get more uh that was when smith was dying he grew old on christmas which came to be known as trenzalore yeah. um and he was protecting them because that's where the crack in the universe was and the yep. signal was going out and Clara basically got the Time Lords to leak it through the crack in the universe, and they replenished him. They haven't said how many they gave him, though, and they even said that with Capaldi when he was down there. They're like, we'll just kill you all over again. How many regenerations did we give you this time? And they never answered the question. Yeah. Okay. All right. I couldn't remember how they gave him the extra generations, and that's not. And that's how River Song didn't know who he was. Right. Um. Yeah. But yeah, when you look back at that farewell tour that Tennant did, and you've got all these different characters that he touched, you know, uh, Mickey the Idiot, who was actually the clone for, or he took the place of Earth 2's Mickey, um, Rose, her mother, her father from the other universe, yep. uh, Donna, Donna's grandfather, you know, all these different characters that he touched in one way or another. And then you look at Smith's farewell, and it was literally just Amy. And yeah. you think back and you're like, wow, you know, I mean, he had a little bit with Madame Vastra and he had a little bit with Winston Churchill there. But for the most part, this was it. It was Amy Pons. That yeah. was it. Just the Pons. So, oh, did you like the little nod in that episode? Um, the final episode of Clara there where he was like, I've been here before. Who was I here with? Yes. Like, oh, no, it was with Amy and Rory. I was like, oh. Yes. As soon as he walked into the diner, I'm like, I know this place. But he yeah. was like, it wasn't it on the other side of the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was done well. I thought it was good. I liked it. I loved it. It was great. Excellent. It was great. I agree. <sighs> yeah. Um... You want to talk about timeless? We're talking about time travel stuff. Let's talk about timeless. Yeah. Um, no, no, this was coming off that episode where they were in the eighties, and we both agreed that yes. it's pretty much the weakest episode they've had yet. Not not terrible, but the weakest. Yes, definitely the weakest one. It's the one where Wyatt tries to stop the person from killing his wife, which obviously it wasn't him. Right. Wasn't the guy he thought, but he did save two other people. <laughs> yep. But uh, Wyatt's in jail, or he's in a black ops hole, or he's 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 being held against his will. Yep. And his replacement that we remember from several episodes back, who almost got a shot and then yep. didn't, is now going on the mission with them. And I gotta say, I liked him. Yeah, I liked this guy. He I was a likable guy. He was just like, yeah, you're the boss. You're the time person. You know, you're you know to Lucy like you're you're the boss. Yep. Uh, you're the one that knows about history. I'm just here to protect you guys and make sure everything goes okay. And I really think I was, I'm actually quite annoyed with how easily they killed him. Yeah. You'd think that a trained operative like that, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm a trained operative, but I've even played enough video games to know <laughs> yeah. that when somebody is standing out in the street firing at you and you've got cover right next to you, you get behind the cover. You don't stand yeah. there after you've emptied your clip and just look at him. Yeah, and then I do like when he says, Lucy says, what is that? He's like, oh, it's a model 1934 Ruger, da 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 I was told not to bring anything, you know, future. Well, then that doesn't count when it comes to your gun. That's one of the rules um, that you should have overlooked. Yeah, I wish I would have known. And then he's dead, and I'm just like, I, I kind of pissed me off, honestly. And then they yeah. left him, and they left him there. They left his body there. Mm-hmm. They sure and, did. I don't know, so that, that kind of annoyed me. Um 
So when uh, Bobby was first, you know, Jim Beaver was first introduced, <laughs> I actually was just like, oh, I like how they're doing this. He's not being the uh, walking in and marking his territory type guy. Right. You know, so and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, OK, that's kind of neat. He's just like, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm here to because I've told to be here and on and on and on. And then later on, of course, when Wyatt's all suspicious, like how'd they get that many people with clearance and on and on and on. <laughs> and then, then you realize, Oh, they all work for Rittenhouse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely, uh, I really liked the fact that in this episode, we got serious ramifications of what he did last time. Cause a lot of shows like this, I won't say that they're, have to be time travel shows, but a lot of shows where, you know, one of the characters goes rogue and threatens the entire mission, you know, they get like a little slap on the wrist and then it's back to business as usual. Nope. An entire Rittenhouse run division was sent in and has now taken over the entire operation. And why it's on lockdown might never get to go back out in the field with his friends, according to the people that are interviewing him. You know, it's, it's genuine, real, like, problems for them because of what he did. And I appreciate that. Right, because I think we even talked last week saying, oh, he'll probably just get a slap on the wrist or something so they can continue the show or blah, blah, blah. Right. <clears throat> um, but no, they've, they've actually built in lots of severe ramifications. I mean, their boss isn't in charge anymore, the one that kind of had their back. Yep. Uh, she basically helps Wyatt escape. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the last scene we see is the four of them working, you know, you know, they meet together at some undisclosed location and essentially the conclusion is, oh no, you guys need to go back in there and keep working and, and you know, keep up the facade that, you know, and then we'll tackle them from the outside. So, right. um, but the biggest revelation of the entire episode is this is the episode where Lucy's mom gives her the journal. Yes. The one that Flynn that uh Flynn has that she hasn't written yet. Exactly. So yeah. <clears throat> yep, that was a very good moment. Uh again, I'm glad that they didn't wait two or three seasons to bring that up. Uh I think that it's very funny that we got Jim Beaver on this episode, that yep. the, the show is run by Eric Kripke, who started Supernatural. Yep. And next week's episode will be featuring Elliot Ness and Al Capone, and Elliot Ness will be played by Misha Barton. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so pretty soon we're going to have the Winchester boys in there, just like a cameo in the background or something. I could <laughs> handle that. <laughs> we have to go to Lawrence, Kansas for some reason. <sighs> yeah. And then, then the crossover is – no. No. So, um, yeah, it was a good episode, though. It was. Right back to a good form. I, yep. I enjoyed it. I liked how they brought all the – they do a good job of bringing the historical figures into it, even if you sometimes have to wonder, you know, why is it that these people get touched down in the exact spots where they're going to meet Hemingway and – um Josephine Baker. Josephine Baker. I wanted yep. to call her Josie because they kept saying that. And um, Yeah. But then again, Rittenhouse – is manipulated around big figures in history like that. So it would yes. stand to reason that that's where they would end up. I think we did get one episode where there was a, where there was no major historical figure. It was like episode three or four, I want to say. Because the first couple were pretty big. I think like the first one was the Hindenburg. The second one was JFK's mistress. Yep. And then the, I think the third or fourth episode was pretty minor. And, but since then, it's been all significant right. historical people. 
even people that are significant in history that aren't well known, like the uh, the 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 NASA lady. Yes, it just you know, so happened that then they had that movie come out shortly thereafter. Yeah, exactly. But at that time, you know, it's like even as it's because I because there's a couple of people like that they've had. I've I've looked them. I'm like, oh my god, that person's real. Or the uh, the murder hotel that they had there. You know, yes, we, yes. We've all kind of heard an urban legend like that, but H. unless H. Holmes, you, yeah, but unless you really were an aficionado of that kind of stuff, you wouldn't have recognized yeah. it right off. Yep, yep. No, absolutely. So it's uh, that is quite interesting how they do that. Um. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I guess, I, I guess I'm going to go to Supergirl now. All right, we're going to start our run of superhero shows. Um. So uh, we got some white Mar- white Martians infiltrating headquarters there. Yeah. And uh, did you see two the whole time? Or were you just thinking one, two? Yeah. It's, it was a little obvious. Yeah. It was a little obvious. Um. There are always I didn't, two. A I didn't. Apprentice. I <laughs> well played. Thank you. I didn't understand why John Jones was so hesitant to put his hand up to the fire. I didn't understand that at all. Uh, it seemed ludicrous to me. Green Martians, uh, one of their only weaknesses is fire. It can kill them. Okay. That's why uh, when Batman was devising ways to take down all the Justice League members that you know, in case they went rogue and Mirror Master got his hands on it. Uh, one of them was to hit John Jones with um, a chemical that will burn insanely hot and can't be doused by normal means. And I can't remember what the chemical was, but it's because fire can hurt and kill him. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Boom. Weird. <laughs> um... But basically, yeah, they're trying to stop the White Martians, who's Megan's ex-husband or current husband. Yeah. <laughs> I guess technically. Because it's um, different for them, you know. Yeah. And then she presents herself as a green Martian because that's the skin she'd rather be in. Yep. Even though the White Martian skin does seem to be a bit stronger. It robust. does. It does seem a bit stronger, yeah. And then uh, I guess they're going to have her exit the show by having her saying she's going to go to Mars to reform her people. Yeah. Which, I guess they're like, John Jones doesn't need a love interest. Let's get rid of her. <laughs> yeah, we, we introduced her. He's gotten through all these hurdles. They melded their minds together, and they fought side yeah. by side. And So, yeah, let's just send her off world for a while. Yeah. We don't have a budget, people. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then I did kind of hate this little uh, the CW uh, drama part of it all, where oh. Kara's going to ask out Monel and... Oh wait, he's dating Eve. Yeah. Dot dot, dot of course. And wasn't this also the episode with uh Earth Birthday? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you know, it's, it's, it's every year yeah. every year they celebrate the, the anniversary of her coming to Earth, and I get that. You know, I still yep. celebrate birthdays. It, it's Absolutely. a monumental thing. But we go to dinner, we have a movie. But the thing is, you know, Alex somehow completely forgot that because her girlfriend said, oh, I've got Bare Naked Ladies, the one band that we can get the rights to for the show. Tickets. <laughs> and I managed to upgrade them to VIP, so now you even have to come more. Ha, 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 yeah. ha. Pun yeah. intended. Because then Cara would be a bitch if she said, no, you can't go. 
I need my cupcake. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, the, the drama stuff aside, although they did kind of solve that very quickly, I liked that there was no girlfriend drama when she was like, you know, oh, d- is she mad that you missed the concert? She's like, no, she understood that I was locked down with killer Martians inside the base. She understands that stuff. Good. Yep. End of story. <laughs> That's how it should be. Yeah, I also like that. Um... All right, uh, let's see here. Flash. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote, I didn't care much for this episode. I can understand that. Um, I also wrote, but I'll tell you what, i loving next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> with, yeah. uh, with, with Grodd, Jesse Quick, Kid Flash, and Flash. The two-parter. Which yeah. I will watch the first part, and then I will watch the second part later on. I will not hold off. You're not going to hold off? Nope. I, I know we've done that in the past. We yeah. did both parts together. <laughs> but, I mean, it, we got to, you know, it, yeah. it's the Flash, and I don't want to build up my DVR too much. Um, yeah, this was an okay episode. They finally came clean and told Joe. Yeah, I really hated the little, like, uh, well, actually, it wasn't even a one-upsmanship between Barry and, and Wally. It was mostly Wally kind of being – showing his immature side, being uh-huh. like, Kid Flash is cool, cooler. He's faster. He's – Yeah. He's – you know, he's – he's. I mean, come on. Who do you like better, Flash or Kid Flash? I was just uh, – and then, you know. And the Barry's just, like the cool operator. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. And, you know, I mean, even with the – just the idea that they put, uh, oh, I can't think of her name, Iris and, you know, in harm's way and had her get shot and on and on and on. It just, it was nonsense. Yeah, the, taking somebody who, like, literally touches stuff and it disintegrates and then he touches her arm and, oh, no, she's just infected. Yeah, we can freeze the infection. Thank and, you. You know. Not shot. Yeah. Sarah Lance got shot. She got infected. And got frozen. That's right. Yeah. So it was just it was it was dumb. Yep, it was dumb. Yeah, I was not a fan of that. I don't like it when, for the sake of saving a major character, they change the rules of like the villain's powers or, you know, the villain's modus operandi. Um, yep, it, it was like um, it, another episode of a show this week did the same thing, and I just don't like that. I'll talk about that later. But. Um. I will say the only good I can see out of that coming out of that is that she'll be less carefree with like because she was starting to get a little day. Well, I don't die till this day, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> right. That it'll end that stupidness at least. Yeah. But uh, it was it was the weakest episode of Flash I think this season for me as far as my personal taste. Um, I don't know. Uh, probably, but. I don't know. I, That's I, just my personal taste. Yeah. I Like you said, though, I'm excited for next week because, you know, oh, yeah. the PS at the end with Wally standing in there and suddenly Jesse comes out and she's like, Grodd, how's my father? Yes. Yeah. I'm looking yes. forward to that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that because we're going to have Jesse Quick. I, I like Jesse Quick. I wish she would have stayed on their earth, but she had her own earth to deal with. I agree. But still, we're getting Grodd back. I don't know why I like Grodd so much. He's just a talking gorilla, but just the way they did him on the show was so fantastic. Yes. 
Yep, they gave him the size and girth, you know, so yep. that he towered over Barry. But he's also telepathic and yep. can control minds. And I can bet that all of his time at Gorilla City has taught him to do that even more so. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get Solovar, so we'll finally have his nemesis, other than the Flash, which will be great. Yep. Keith David, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. The man's yeah. face is butter. It really is. It really is. I remember Cheese and Crow. Dude, you ever you, – you watched Men at Work. Uh, of course I watched Men at Work. Okay. Great the line – movie. <laughs> forgive me, but the line when, when Emilio Estevez or Charlie Sheen ever goes to take a couple of his french fries and he grabs their hand and goes, you don't fuck with another man's fries. <laughs> yes. I live my, my life by that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was crazy. <laughs> And since then, everything that I've seen him in, he hasn't had to be crazy. He's no. just Keith David. You don't he's mess with Keith him. David. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, and you're right. He's got that voice. Yep. Yeah. Immediately recognizable anywhere oh, he goes. Absolutely. Uh, How did you get the beans above the Frank? <laughs> Love him. Love the guy. Cannot wait to see what he can do. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I completely forgot he was in that and that whole scene. Because when I think of Keith David, I always, I always go to Men at Work first, and then my mind goes to They Live. Yep. And then that wicked fight scene between him and Roddy Piper in that movie. <laughs> I immediately go to There's Something About Mary, uh, yeah, Men at clearly. Work, and uh, he was actually the vice president in Saints Row 4. The video oh, game. Okay. And he okay. was Keith David as Vice President D- Keith David. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He's like, if I'm doing a voice, I'm going to play myself. <laughs> um, are you, are you, are you good with Flash? I'm good with Flash. I'm going to touch yeah. base on that. Um, Legends is on Tuesday nights now, right? Right after? Or is it on Monday nights? It is. Nights? It's on, it's on Tuesday's nights, right yep. after Flash, I believe. Yep. Um, Anyways, uh, I liked how you, every episode someone new does the opening describing who they are <laughs> what they're doing. Uh, yes. I really, really enjoy Rory's condescending <laughs> opening. Yes. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, my God. He was so down on that. He keeps screwing stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. That was, I think that was the best part of the whole episode. It really was. I laughed out loud at that part. Yeah. And yeah. then the rest of the episode sucked. Well, uh, Rip is evil. He knows who everyone is, but he's evil for some reason. Yeah, because they messed with his memories. Now, okay. So Rip goes back, and the show ends last week and starts this week with him killing Washington, right? Yep. And then, so, so then the legends just went back a little bit further, so Washington was still alive? Uh, I guess so. I, they were that- very sketchy on that part. Haven't they said in the past they just can't do things like that? Yes, they have. There, it seems like it's, every rule that they put in place, they then break later on. Yeah, and not even ceremoniously, case. not even like you know, well, we're going to have to cross the streams. This is just like whatever. Nobody's paying yeah. attention. Yeah. Yep. And then they gave futuristic weapons to the British Army, machine guns, if you will. <sighs> Which I didn't like, which I, I just, I don't, I don't like the evil Rip character, not on a personal level. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't care for it. No, it's a stupid gimmick. 
Yeah, because it's not going to last. Nope. Um, Sarah's got shot. Of course, you know he's evil Rip, so he's going to shoot give shoot her in the stomach because it, that it take her a long time to die. Yeah. Uh, even though he knows they have a ship that can fix her. Uh huh. So that you know, it, it goes all the way back to you know when. Uh, Damien Dark was, you know, says he's going to kill Laurel, and so he stabs her in the stomach with the arrow instead of the forehead, right, or throat, or heart, or whatever. You know, it's just well, it's the TV. You know, it's when that happens, you're like, oh, they're not. That person's not going to die. Yeah, yeah. And <sighs> yep. and dude, it, it was the same thing with Iris this week. You know, and him grabbing yep. her arm, and it's just an infection. Um, yeah. Didn't we just complain about the fact that Stein had to do brain surgery on Rory, even though they've got a computer in there that has regrown a hand? And then we were like, well, how are they going to explain this one away? They're not. This episode, they brought her back from the dead. Yeah. Because she was shot and then her neck was snapped. That was not a choking. There was a hand around her neck and then we heard it snap. And they yeah, said, she's he, dead, she's dead, she's dead. Yeah. And Gideon's like, well, if you get me powered up, I can fix that. Yep, pretty much. And then, okay, so Stein didn't seem to have any problem doing brain surgery on Rory. Yeah. They just kind of, it was like a matter-of-fact thing, and they just cut to him, and they're like, what are you doing? Brain surgery, obviously. And then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he was in the down, but this week, I can't take a bullet out of her. I'm not a doctor. I mean, they even spoofed the old, you know, Bones gimmick mm-hmm. line of damn it, Jim. I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm not a whatever. I'm a doctor. You know, I'm a doctor. Yeah. I'm not a snow shoveler. Whatever, right. because I just shoveled a ton. Uh, but in this, but yeah. So it's like when it comes to brain surgery, he's cool with that. But when it comes to moving a bullet, he freaks out. Yeah. And again, and computer brought somebody back from the dead. Computer yeah. regrew a hand from nothing. Yeah. yeah. And it can't remove the bullet. Okay. And let's and let's not forget this was apparently the Christmas episode in February. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. They must have gotten yeah. their uh, whole thing screwed around. Yeah. I don't know either. All I know is that I was I'm not I'm yeah. I'm not impressed with bad guy Rip. Nope. I'm not impressed with this whole story. I'm not impressed with them the computer bringing back someone from the dead so handily and easily. <gasps> <laughs> uh, it just, just a lot of stuff. I wasn't impressed with the, the best parts of the episode were Rory, uh-huh. where his where his condescending opening, yep, and then his pep talk to George Washington about what an American <laughs> really is. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, yep. Um, but and yeah, the fact that he got a statue erected got for a statue. him, so yeah, yeah. it reminded me of Janestown so much. Yes, gosh, yes. <laughs> the Ballad but, of Jane. But here, Jax gives over the piece of the Spear of Destiny. Now, here's the thing. Kind of like last week with Coulson in the book, Jax goes onto the ship, gets it out of its hiding place, examines it, looks at it, says, hmm, I guess I've got to, and then takes it out to Rip. Rip's never seen this thing. He, it, why didn't he just break a broom handle? Right. Give him a stick. Here you go. Here's the piece. Yep. Yeah. Idiot. God, they're so stupid. And I know it's not the characters, because if this was a comic, they'd be much smarter, because comic book writers are much better than TV writers in most cases. I don't know what is going on with that writing crew over there. We had complaints the first season. 
mm-hmm. where it seemed like every week there was a different writing crew and none of them kept notes on each other. But this is ridiculous. My sister actually stopped watching the show after this episode. She was like, you know, I saw on my DVR and I thought, I hate this show. I'm not going to bother. If something major comes up, I'll see, I'll see it on the internet. I said, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. And the thing is, is like as a, as an actor, you, you have to be one to be like, okay, so I did brain surgery last week and I was cool with that. But yeah, this week I have problems with removing a bullet. Especially an actor like Victor Garber, who's been around this long, who's had some really prestigious roles. You know, or is he just in the mindset of, like, I'm just going to play this one until, <laughs> until it's done? I don't know. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Give me some of that CW fat cash. Oh, we've been renewed? What the hell? How did that happen? No. I don't know how that happened. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Do you want to just roll in the arrow or do you want to finish yeah, up uh, Tuesday nights? All right. So here's my glaring issues with arrow. <laughs> One, the show. Uh, one, the show. Um, okay. So I'm just going to jump right to uh, – the, okay, so Lance is out of rehab and Mad Dog is left behind to watch over him and they have a special bonding moment. Great. Uh, Diggle's free because they've proved that the general is a piece of crap. And, and has uh, the, insurance. Yep, and the gen- and the general and his crew apparently kill thirty people and get free. And where do they go? Russia, of course. Why Russia? Because that ties in with this week's flashback. And and, and this is my favorite part. Oliver's like, well, I have access as the mayor. I have access to the private jet, Star City's private jet. And I might initially, I'm just thinking, wait a second, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You're the mayor. Star City has a private jet, and they're cool with you flying to Russia? Seriously? And he doesn't even hesitate to think about it. Oh. And then my favorite part of that all is when they land, and they're doing the power walk through the Russian airport, and they decide to you know, clarify how they did this with the quick, <laughs> good thing Star City's sister city is in Russia. Yeah, as of 12 hours ago. Really? Yeah, and really? it was even mentioned later on in the episode, too. Really? Star City, Sister City. Are you really? kidding me? Like, that, it doesn't work that way. Like, I, it's just, it was, the, it's just so dumb. If Oliver had money still hidden away or he had money squirreled away, they, they, I would rather just have him say, well, we can use some of Palmer Tech's, you know, funds to get over there. Just something more than we're going to use the Star City private jet. <laughs> And then try to, you know, just cover it up with like, well, as of 12 hours ago, we now have a sister city in Russia. So clearly I have to immediately go over there, even though basically the whole city's under siege from vigilantes and other people trying to blow it up with nuclear bombs. And my deputy mayor is a friggin' drunk. Uh, you know, like it just. <sighs> but this way, like you said, they could tie it into the Russian flashback again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and they leave Mad Dog behind because basically he's trigger happy, and they know it. Yeah, they don't want him to start an international incident, so they keep him on babysitting duty with the recovering drunk. Yeah, because he'll give good life advice. This kid's obviously been, you know, on the up and up. Yep. 
I don't know. It was weak sauce episode. Oh, it was terrible. It was a weak sauce. And then I love the training montage for the new Black Canary. <sighs> oh, and let's not forget that the one member of the team who has any kind of real power and can do anything to help yeah. them out yeah. now lost his power because the yeah. rags no longer have a bond with him. Right. Because, because he used them to wrap up a nuke. Yeah. To absorb a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Which and then for Diggle, them that they didn't kill him. And then Diggle, who has just, you know, been unhinged. tacking out and unhinged, if you will, all episode about wanting to kill the general and stopping him no matter what and basically almost beats that guy to death trying to get information out of him. And Oliver's the voice of reason on how to handle this the proper way, which is just, yeah, hello pot, I'm kettle. Um, <laughs> and then when Diggle has the chance, he does the right thing. <laughs> and and Oliver's argument is literally like I'll give him credit for this. His argument is literally if I go off the rails, I can handle that. But if you go off the rails, I can't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Yeah, it's a great argument. <laughs> oh my god, these people. <sighs> and then of course we find out at the end that Oliver's new girlfriend is actually working against him. Yeah. Which we kind of knew when we got the little foreshadowing of her with the Russian vodka. But, yeah, exactly. But holy crap. It, it's... <sighs> I can't do it. I, I'm getting yeah. so fed up with that show. That and, yeah. and Legends. Yeah, I don't know. I'll you know I'll, I'll stick around a little bit longer, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because they have this whole four show thing going, I will stick around as well. Yep. But good God. Yep. It's Agreed. Hard, it's hard to, you know, promote them to friends. Like we used to talk up Arrow and Flash all the time, especially Flash yes, when it came especially out. Especially Flash, yeah. But I mean, the first season of Arrow was still really solid. Of course, he was also yeah. on the island in his flashbacks. He was trying. Yeah. He was killing people. He was trying to get his feet underneath him. And his now, flashbacks have become horribly convoluted. Oh yeah, they have. Uh, it's it's done. It should be done. They shouldn't have any more crap to flashback to. It's a tired gimmick. Just retire it. Yeah. Let the show stand yeah. on its own crappy merit. Yeah, let's see where it can go. Yeah. Let's see where it can go. Ugh. All right. Moving on from that. Yeah. Let's go back. backtrack to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Boom was the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Aptly titled. Yep. Um, so, Ada... Is actually based on a real person. <gasps> Shocker! You mean I know, he didn't right? Just pull that image out of thin air. No, no, it's based on someone he loves, loved, whatever. And surprise, surprise, she's dying. Yep. And he couldn't fix her. No, no. So this world that he's built, um, you know. <laughs> That the one that May's trapped in. I, I feel like now the whole reason why he built it was for her. Yeah. <clears throat> for real Ada. And then, of course, you know, she turns on S.H.I.E.L.D. Or, or 
you know, basically kind of turns on shield yep. and allows herself to be put into the, her subconscious to be put into this world. And then her body dies. Conveniently. Conveniently. Yeah. So, I mean, so I don't know, whatever. The ghost in the machine. Basically. Yeah. That's exactly, you're exactly right. Yes. Um, anyhow. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. Was, it was a good episode overall. I, I didn't like that particular aspect of it. I knew she'd have to come into play eventually. Like I said, you know, it's ridiculous to think that he just conjured up the image of a woman out of thin air. Every other replicant has been built on a real person. So, uh, but I liked the concept of how Boom came to be, except. Yes. Here's the problem. When he smashed that Terrigen crystal, everybody around him was fine, but he got encased and then turned into an inhuman. Rather quickly. Yeah. Um, or actually, did they get encased and then they came out and they were fine? Was that it? All I know is I remember thinking back to the first time that we were exposed to Terrigen Dust, and it was yeah. Mac and the other guy on their team who died. Like, he was trapped in there with Daisy, and... um oh, God, I want to say Mona, but it's not, uh, you know, the one who turned into the porcupine. Yes. And he was trapped in there and all three of them got encased in the dust and then he just dissolved. He crumpled apart. Yes. And the other two came out and were fine. So they seem to have changed the rules there a little bit. Yes, because Nadir and her staff didn't get encased at all. Only he did. Yeah. But, of course, then he exploded, killing her and everyone else, which, yeah. you know, I was surprised because she was kind of like an antagonist that had on the civilian side of things mm-hmm. that could really cause S.H.I.E.L.D. Some, some hate and discontent on like a quote-unquote legal side. Right. Plus, so I'm surprised they killed her so quickly. Yeah, plus there's that whole unresolved issue of her shooting and killing her brother, dumping him in the ocean, and but he's still alive. Yep. So that's going to stay unresolved, I guess. Mm-hmm. Most likely. I don't know. Um, and then they ca- – they, well, they got uh, the director. Yeah. They captured him. So they'll find out he's not really a inhuman. Right. When they torture him and stuff, trying to get information on – Colson, who Ivanov is Ivanoviv? I wrote it down. Ivanov, yeah, because Ivanov is, is believes that Colson's one that's caused all this to happen. Right. <laughs> and it was kind of cool that they showed like pictures from the original Thor movie and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's. Uh, do you think that they're going to hit the director when they discover he's not inhuman? Do you think they're going to hit him with Terrigen and he'll turn out to be inhuman after all? Ooh, you know, I didn't consider that, but uh, I wonder what it, well, is his powers going to be the same exact thing. That'd be awfully convenient, but they could say it's a side effect from him taking the serum. Right. The serum that they developed an, an auto injector in the crotch of his yeah. yeah. Holy God. When Fitz said that, I'm like, do you hate this guy? Do, yes, do you really hate him? Is that's why you're doing this to him? <laughs> oh, inject you right in the nads, dude. Ah. Oh. <laughs> no thanks. I'll pass on this one. Yeah. 
Um, but otherwise, it was a decent episode. I mean, yep. it wasn't a bad episode by any means. Um, good, good story building on it. Agreed. Um, I don't know where they're going to go, but uh, we'll see. Should be fun to watch. Uh, this is us. I had a lot of issues with this episode. Um, I, I noted that this is, uh, it was okay. It was the weakest episode for me and my wife and I both agreed that like of, of this season, this was kind of like the, yeah. All right. I got to unpack some stuff here. Do it. Unpack away. First off, in the general, if you look at the overall sense, you've got these three kids who are now adults who growing up, their father made sure to create an environment for them where they all felt special. They were the big three. They had their own theme song. You know, we saw the birthday episode where they kind of wanted to split up and, you know, we know that they drifted apart, but these are now three adults who everything is about them. They've become very self-involved. So first off, we've got Kate who her boyfriend shows up at her fat camp and he brings her a bag of supplies and, you know, things that she might enjoy having with her. And he says, you know, and I got us a hotel room in town so, you know, we can go have a little sex, lightweight. And she's like, no, I'm committed to this. I'm doing this. And she gets, like, mad at him and sends him packing. But he doesn't take no for an answer because then he meets, you know, creepy horse barn guy who's like, huh, yeah, your your fiance is pretty cute. I like her. He's like, Duke. all right. Yeah. So, he needs, yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go check out this class. And he goes up there and he does his Toby thing, which is, you know, charming and funny. But he's like, you know, look, I'm Def Leppard. And he's banging on one drumstick like he has one arm missing. It was pretty funny. And Kate gets all mad at him, even though everybody else is like laughing and they're like, hey, nice to meet you. You know, they all seem to be happy. And Kate gets all mad at him because – he was taking it away from her. She wanted to take this seriously, and he wasn't taking it seriously. You know what? Get over yourself. Grow up. The guy is a goofball. This is his shtick. This is his spiel. This is why you're going to marry him. So enjoy it. And then she feels like a heel because, oh, he had grandma's ring, and he was going to give that to her so that she had an actual engagement ring. Yeah, but not until he basically tells her, you know, like, maybe I needed you to do something for me for a change. And you didn't even care about the bag of stuff. Like, he had to point out to her that she was being shitty. She didn't just realize it on her own. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. And and it wasn't even the sex, you know, because his comments sounded kind of like, you know, well, I needed you to do something for me. No, he was basically saying, I fall all over myself to pick you up, to support you, to boost you. I've changed my life. I've gone through two surgeries for you because you wanted it. Maybe now it's time for you to reimburse me, you know? And she still was a shitty person after that because then you've got her at the end picking up what Duke was laying down and making her way over to his cabin. The only way that they can redeem her right now is if she goes to his cabin to say, piss off, I've got a fiancé, I love him, and you need to back off because you're a sexual predator right now. Pretty much he is, yeah. Then you've got Randall, who cannot stand for anything in his life to be less than perfect the way he wants it. 
Oh, he's also in a hundred percent denial over oh, yeah. what's happening with his with his dad. Yeah, and even though other people like his his daughters and his wife are trying to embrace it and move on, he's even denying them that. Like, it'd be one thing if he said, "I don't want to have anything to do with this," and walked away. But he's like breaking them up. He's like, "Go help your dad with the groceries," and then stands there looking at his wife like, "What's going on? What's up with this?" He's actively stopping them from going through their own process because he is a controlling dick. I love the guy right to death, but he's being yep. a dick. And then of course his work life's not his work is not going the best as far as he's losing like accounts and his boss is like, Don't make this something it isn't. It's this but this is happening and Yeah. And, and then he's projecting that at home. Yeah, he's he's basically blaming his wife and his father for, you know, the fact that he can't get work done at work. But he's not looking at the big picture that his dad's about to die. Yep. And, you know, oh, he's, he's he's clearly in denial. Yep. Yep. Even when his wife said, like, when my mom died and your dad died and you, we weren't able to cope and deal and handle it. And I don't want that for the girls and this and that and everything. And then, I mean, by the end, he is kind of redeemed. Um, because he asked, you know, like, well, did, did I, did we make a mistake? Did I make a mistake bringing him into their life? And she said, no, you didn't. You enhanced their life by bringing him in. So he was kind of redeemed by the end, but through the whole episode, he pretty much was a pompous ass. Yeah. Yeah. He was mad that his father was teaching his daughter how to play chess. Why? The guy's trying to pass on some knowledge that he has to, to a child who is eating it up. I mean, the girl's, what, like, nine, ten years old, and she's like, this is what I want. I want to play chess. She's not running drugs. She doesn't want to be a jazz musician. You know, she wants to learn chess from her grandpa. Let him. And And her thing is, she wants to learn now while he's still around, because he's not going to be around much longer. Right. And she even has a grasp on it. And he's like, she's right, I'm not going to be. And and still, Randall's like, I don't want to talk about it. That's right. That hurts my feelings. Go to bed. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, it was three in the morning, but yeah, yeah, they were learning chess, and she had her reasons. Yeah, when I get home, Grandpa's asleep. I have practice all the time, on and on and on. We don't have time to do this. You know, I wrote it on the whiteboard that I had this tournament coming up. <laughs> I forgot we had that. You know, it was just. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, he definitely came off looking like an ass for the whole episode, but he did get some sort of redemption at the end, unlike Kate. Right. Yeah, Kate is, like I said, I think that it's just a gimmick. I think that they had her walk over there, you know, so that we all go, oh, no, Kate, you can't do that. And she's not going to because that would be absolutely ridiculous. That would be the dumbest thing that this TV show could do, and they haven't done any dumb things yet. So That I- would definitely make her a deplorable human being. Yep. In an episode filled with deplorable human beings, because I think with Randall, we're going to find out that the death of his adopted dad really hit him hard. Like, I think that he probably didn't get through that as easily as the other ones might have. And that could be why, like, Kate still has the urn with dad ashes and why he's now having a problem with losing his bio dad. You know, it's it's rehashing the same thing. If that turns out to be the case, I get it, but yep. we don't know that yet. Um, Speaking of real dad or bio, yeah, adopted dad and mom. Holy so they God. they they tease some pretty big marital issues there. Yeah, because their best friends announced that they're getting a divorce. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
And then <clears throat> I did like, though, when the um, – I can't think of the character's name. <clears throat> but the guy in the band with her that plays like the the the, uh, the piano, when he says, well, if Jack really loved you, he'd let you. And then she said, hold it right there. And then yes. just exploded on him. I thought that was great. <clears throat> yep. I agree with and you then, there. Then he does that great grand romantic gesture for her and, you know, and on and on and on. And, and then at the end, she's like, I want to go on a five-month tour. Yeah. As she's laying in his loving embrace after he did all this for her because he does all this for her. Yep. He's because Toby. He's, he's Toby. Exactly. I was just going to say that. And yep. she takes that loving gesture and goes, oh, I want to go on a five-month tour. And yep. Remember, too, that this guy who plays piano, who, you know, said, well, if Jack doesn't appreciate you, that's her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that she was intimate with for a long time. And now he's like, I did all this for you, baby, because I love you. And, and I managed to get the apartment that we had, and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, you're so amazing. You're so wonderful. Now I want more. Yeah, basically. You know, it's yeah. the same shades of... um the the big day episode, you know, when she was completely shitty to him, like out of her mind, shitty to him on his birthday. Didn't you remember it was his birthday? And then turned around and was like, oh, crap, now I feel bad and I have to go make him a Twinkie cupcake. Yeah. She's kind of like Kate a lot. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Her and Kate have a lot in common. Which they should because, well, the characters are, that is. But you know what I mean? Like, yep. As far as how they make it about them, mm-hmm. make it which about is them amazing, completely. even though she was like Kevin's assistant for so long. Yeah. So it seemed like she was the ultimate enabler for him because he really makes it all about him. Yeah. And holy crap, speaking of him making it about him, we're, I know that some people out there coming up on Valentine's Day, they'd love to believe the grand romantic gesture of, you know, him looking up his ex-wife, his childhood crush, and he remembers the outfit she wore on the first day of fourth grade, and he remembers all this stuff, and meeting you, and you walking into my class was the happiest day of my life. No, he's regressing. Yeah. He, life got complicated. He got kicked off his show. He couldn't make it in New York. He had two women. He screwed it up with both of them. So he's like, I know, I'll go back in time to a relationship that I remember that feels familiar. Yep. My ex-wife. Yeah. The one that he cheated on. Yep. And failed at a long distance relationship because everybody does. And so now he's disrupting her life again because he's like, it feels familiar. And he's not saying this in the show, but that's what it is. It feels familiar. It feels comfortable. I made it work before I can make it work again. You know, it's better than trying something new. It's better than going out there and putting myself out there and failing like I have recently. Yep. So he's just disrupting her life. He's breaking her up with her x-ray technician boyfriend. She's finally happy. He should be happy for her. But no, he's like, no, I want you to be back with me. And she shows up at the diner. So he's going to ruin her life so that he can feel better for a moment. And then he's going to go, well, no, I don't want this either. Unless she showed up at the diner say, you know, ultimately piss off. Yeah. Which I kind of hope she does because she seems like a nice person. She deserves better than to be yanked around by him, especially if he doesn't know what he wants, which he doesn't. Yeah, he's definitely full of indecision. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to see Bio Dad die before we find out how Adopted Dad died. I could picture them doing uh, an episode where it happens to both of them. 
You know? Oh, they, whether we find out about Jack's death and... Like, by the end of the episode, both of them die. You know, present and flashback. Yep. <clears throat> yep. I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And then the next one would be, you know, funeral services for both of them. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, I don't... Yeah. It's weird because it's almost like if they show us how we died, then how would, how do they keep going on to the show? But, I mean, there's a lot they could touch on. Yeah. Mom dating new dating McGill. But I almost feel like were they adults when that happened? I think so. Uh, and don't forget, we just got introduced to Sophie, you know, in the last yeah. two episodes. So yeah. I, there's plenty of storylines that they could probably introduce, you know, kids at college. We've seen a little bit of them in high school with rival football teams. Yeah. I don't know. They've got I, uh, two more seasons at least, so. I just know I, I enjoy these flashbacks. Yeah. And I'm not Unlike tired Arrow. of them. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Arrow. This Oliver Queen's flashbacks I can deal with. Because, <laughs> you know, Kevin played on Smallville. Yeah, 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 I gotcha. <laughs> uh, but did you watch anything? Uh, what, what else did you have? Uh, I watched plenty of stuff. I don't go by the day, though. I know you don't. Just fire something out there well, that I don't watch. Uh, Monday, there was a new show that premiered on Fox that I checked out. Oh, I haven't yet, but how was it? APB? Yep. It was actually good. I yeah? was surprised. Um, I, I really think you should check it out because... It does deal a lot with the police force. It had a very RoboCop feel to it without yep. having a RoboCop. But, you know, they had drones and they had the new tactical tasers and tactical body armor and stuff like that. Um, and basically, the guy that comes in there is a schmuck and nobody likes him. Like, he's mad because he stopped in to get a pack of cigarettes and, you know, because he has a vice. And so he buys the pack of cigarettes and just takes one cigarette out and gives the pack back to the guy and says, you know, I just need the one. And then uh, a guy comes in to rob the store that he's in. And his best friend, who's been with him for years, you know, works in the business with him, uh, comes in to try to rescue him and get shot. And 911 had put him on hold. And then they transferred him to like two different places before they finally got around to him. So his friend died and nobody's looking for the killer. So that's why he wants to step in. But he's a, he's a jerk. Like he ruffles everybody the wrong way and, uh, he does it a, a good way. I don't know. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like, Oh my God, I freaking love this show, but I really genuinely like stayed glued to the TV the whole time. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it did introduce something, though, that I think could be a potential future thing, and it could be dangerous as hell, um, and that's an app. They're just doing it in one district of the city, but it's an app on your phone, the APB app, and oh, all yeah. you have to do is tap it, and you can say, you know, I heard gunshots or I'm in trouble, something like that, so that you don't have to dial 911, get put on hold, have to listen to somebody, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but people are sending him pictures, people are sending him text messages, you know, they're using it to track a suspect across the city, and it seems to be working pretty well, but I can also see it be a hindrance. <clears throat> the abuse that thing would go through. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it would, it's definitely suited to a situation like this where they have a large police force. 
Although he even does the math. He's like, you know, Chicago has this many people. There's this many police officers. That means each one of you is responsible for like some absurd number, like 2,000 people to serve and protect. And that's yeah. just not feasible. I don't know. I liked it. I think you should check it out. Okay. Um, and anybody else listening out there, it definitely, like I said, it had a RoboCop feel. It was very dark and gritty, but it still had a bit of humor to it. Um, I, I'm going to keep watching it. In fact, I looked tonight and I was like, oh, I forgot to set a series recording. So I set up a series recording so I get the second episode tonight. But yeah, I'm going to keep going with it for now. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything else you need to check out this week? Uh, just one new one. That was that? Legion. I also watched Legion. That was an hour and a half long. It Well, yeah, yeah. It was a very long episode. It was an extended first episode. I don't know if every episode's going to be that way or just that one. Right. But, okay, so I have a thing. I don't like psych ward shows. <laughs> like, I have a real... I think we've talked about this before. I have a real big thing where, like, the main character is... I guess I think I've talked about this in the past. The idea of of being uh, institutionalized and medicated and held against your will and medicated to the point where, you know, you don't know up from down um, and no one believing you. I have a real problem with that. Like, it, personally, like, not that I've ever experienced that, but I think, I don't know if it freaks me out or what it is, but it's, I don't find that enjoying. I don't find that as an enjoyment. Okay. If you will. So I had a hard time with the first episode because of my personal issues with some of the storyline as far as, you know, like when he oh, had that nightmare and yes, he, you know, levitated and exploded his bed on and on and then they burst in the room and drug him up. Because he must have done something wrong or something like – I don't know. Like, I had a hard time with some aspects of the first episode. Gotcha. And then I also don't like it when they multi-layer things so you don't know what's reality, what's not reality. Right. And it's one thing to have the character second-guessing it, but I don't like it when I have to second-guess it. I because I don't know. That sometimes can annoy me as well. Um, I don't know. But anyways, uh, overall, there was a lot of the show I liked. I really liked the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how he played the character. I, I like the fact that um, Audrey Plaza's in it because <laughs> I'm a fan of hers. Uh, really funky character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think she's dead now. Um, I, I don't know. Again, that part was a bit confusing. Yep. Um, his girlfriend on the show, obviously she was sent in there to befriend him. So when he said, do you want to be my girlfriend? She's like, yeah, but you can't touch me. To me, I'm screaming like, oh, okay, that was clearly a setup now. So even though he has all these feelings for her, does she have them for him? Um, I do like how the episode ended with him basically being out. Broken out. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely am looking forward to the next episode to see where it goes. And I know you're going to break it down way better than I have. I'm just telling you my thoughts on it real quick. Absolutely. Um, so I am looking forward to the next episode to see, to see where the show goes. But there was just some aspects of the first one that I was just like, I don't personally like this storyline, if you will. But anyways, right. That's what were your thoughts on it? Uh, my thoughts were, 
the way that I've summed it up to a couple of people, like just trying to keep it vague, is I said that it's very deep. It's very confusing. It's very twisted. You know, like you said, you don't know which parts are real, which parts are fake. Are these in his head? Are they real? I mean, even to the point of the breakout at the end, the people that were breaking him out had powers that he has himself has um, yep. shown to have. So was he actually breaking out with other people or was this all going on <coughs> in his mind? Right. Um, yeah. So, so it's very confusing, very deep. And I loved it. I yep. really loved it. Um, see, unlike you, I like, I, I don't care much for the, um, the Institute, if they do it wrong, like I think we've talked before about uh, certain shows will do those episodes where uh, they try to convince one of the main characters that they're in an institution and that they're not really special. They're not really magical. And all this time, you've just been a mental patient here. I don't like it when they use that cheap tactic. Buffy did it great. Charmed yep. it terribly. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. But I like a, a mental facility aspect if they can do it right. To me, they did this one fairly right. There's still a lot to be desired, but, you know, the therapy sessions, the the people moving about, you know, they weren't all just, like, straight-jacketed and locked in their rooms. They actually moved about. They could interact with each other. You know, they had things that they were doing. They still had to take their pills, you know, show me your tongue, make sure that you didn't tongue them. Um, but I like the idea that... There was no narration in the beginning. We didn't get to find out right from the get-go what's going on with this kid, who he is. We know from the comics, but we don't know if that's the same direction that they're going in the show. We just know that this person seems to be in an institution with other quote-unquote crazy people and that they don't understand what's going on with him. He's had episodes where it looks like he's caused things to explode. He's caused everything in the kitchen to fly around and, and whip around and then drop, uh, levitating a bed, like you said, and then crashing down. We don't even know if this blonde girl was real. Um, right. Did they actually switch bodies? Is that her power? But Well, okay, so actually th- them switching – them switching bodies, um, that kind of made sense because it's like, all right, she couldn't handle what he could do. She wasn't on the medication to suppress what he could do, I guess. Yep. So that's why she, what happened where like the people got locked in the walls and the doors and this or that. Right. Um, I thought that was kind of neat and how he was kind of able to escape. <laughs> but then when he went and visited his sister – I'm like, wait a second, how did he get out? Mm-hmm. Because they switched bodies, but, but should, is he still him? But that's the thing, yeah, because he, yeah. Was, he was in her body, we were led to believe, and yeah. they definitely, you know, he grabbed his breasts, like, oh, I've got breasts, I can play with these. And Audrey Plaza even mentioned that yeah, later, you know, she's up. like, oh, yeah. I bet you just played with them for hours. Um, but... Then he's just sitting at a table, and all of a sudden he's him again. You know, yeah. he's back in his body. So, did the bodies shift? Was this a uh, Mystique kind of thing? Yeah, you know, where she was like Mystique, or he was it one of his powers that triggered? Right. Um, so, I don't know. There's a lot to it, though. Yeah, but I definitely liked that. By the end of it, it seemed like he was out. He was being broken out by mutants and Jean Smart was there and she maybe Miss Bird they called her. Um mm-hmm. 
she may be like his instructor, his teacher. I don't know. But I really, I kept checking and rechecking. There was not a lot of dialogue in the show. I mean, there no. was banter back and forth, but there was not a lot of deep dialogue. Um, the guy who was interrogating him, it was very matter of fact. It was like straight to the point and then stop. And then he'd just kind of sit there. It really struck a lot of good notes with me. It was not flawless. It was not something that um, I can say, yes, everyone will love this. But I really appreciated the um, cerebral aspect of it. And like I said, I know the comic character. I don't know if that's the direction that they're going here. Yep. So that kind of excites me as well. Because some comic characters, like Iron Man, there's a direction you go with Iron Man. If if you put a guy on TV and you said, this is Tony Stark, and he's running around in a Batman cape, you'd be like, well, what the hell are they doing? You can't do that with Tony Stark. Tony Stark is Iron Man. But in this case, you know, Legion from the comics was a mess. So it makes sense that they could do their own twist or they could go straight from the comics. Either way, could work out well. Um, <clears throat> the thing you were saying, uh, when the mutants broke him out of jail. Yeah. Uh, when that guy is, I don't, you were, he, he was pushing, like, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know what, what he, I can't even talk, I'm stammering, sorry. But that one mutant who was, like, basically using the force to push people. Telekinesis. Yeah, sure. When he got shot, Legion didn't react. Right. So that was, so that in my brain, I went, oh, these are not projections of his. These are actual people then. Right. Yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> that's that's as I'm watching this because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, are these people real? Are they projections of him? Because she, you know, he had somehow seen the blonde girl yep. who said, get yourself free, dive in the pool, and when you don't come out of the water till you see me. Until, you, until the bright lights go away. And then the yeah. whole room was incinerated. Still right, want to know she, who did that. But she also, well, they did. One of the mutants, I guess, of, right. of their crew did. But she did say, until you see me. Yep. And then he saw her, and now she's all in black, and she's got gloves on this and that. And even he still doesn't, like, he questions if she's real. Yep. And then they start the breakout montage where they've got the hole in the wall, and they, they start breaking them out. And in my brain, I'm just like... Is he breaking himself out because, you know, Legion's character does have split personalities? Yep. So is he breaking himself out and these are projections from his mind of these people or are they real? And then they go through the whole thing. And the effects were a little on the cheesy side of that guy forcing, you know, yes. throwing those people everywhere. There was a lot of soldiers that they were battling by. And the other thing, too, where I thought is he a projection is because he never once tried to take cover. Like, he was yelling and telling where people to go, but he was just standing out in the open getting fired at. Yes. And again, like we talked about with Timeless, when you're getting shot at, you take cover. Right. Exactly. You know, but again, he's for phasing people here and there and throwing them here and there and on and on and on. And in my brain, I'm like, I, I, the way he's just standing out there, like, you know, being, you know, and, and he's not being hit or anything, I feel like it's a projection of Legion's mind. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe all these people are, and he's actually by himself. And and then when he got shot and kept going and Legion didn't react like he'd been shot or whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, no, these people must be real then because this guy just got shot. And, you know, and then at the end, Legion says, I need to know before we go any further, are you real? Is this all real? Yes. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want to know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But how can you trust if they're projections, you know, how can they'll say, yes, we're real. Yeah. I, I also thought it was interesting. Now, I got the vibe that this was like 1960s, 1970s. Yeah, I don't think it's the current time at all. No, no. She had uh, those really big headphones and the uh, the Walkman, the clothing. Everything looked very, you know, 70s. I'd say. I, I was I was thinking 80s actually. It myself. could have been. Yeah. As of the Walkman, I'm thinking 80s because yep. I don't think they had Walkmans in the 70s. Interesting. But it definitely wasn't a, a today time frame, if you will, or a current. Right. I'm afraid. And one thing that really stood out to me about that was that they mentioned that he had schizophrenia, which back then schizophrenia was what was attributed to multiple personalities. They didn't have dissociative identity disorder. They had schizophrenia and they kind of blanketed it. Yeah. So it was a nice touch there. I felt if that's what they're really going for, you know, if this really is the eighties, type of thing, 70s, 80s, whatever, then, you know, the terminology would have been more accurate that way. Yep. So I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, so there's a couple things I didn't care for. I don't, you know, if they're not going to do the institutionalized story every episode, or if they're completely done with it, that's even better for me. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the next episode, seeing what it has in store for us. Yeah, same here. Oh, powerless. I'm just going to jump right to powerless. Yeah. Because we're on Thursday, and that was on Thursday. And All right, so I don't know if I touched on this last week or not. I may have, I may not have. But regardless, I like the opening of the show, the way they show like the famous comic book cover scenes, mm-hmm. and then it then it zooms in on one of the background characters. Yes, um, I do like that. Um, I don't hate the show because I really like Alan Tudyk's character. I like Danny Pudi. Like I like personally like some of the the actors on the show, mm-hmm. if you will, and the and their characters, but. It's definitely, you know, this is not a superhero show by any means. No. And it's almost like superheroes are used or villains are used as a tongue-in-cheek type of thing. And the way that, like, it's shown at the beginning where they're standing in line to get the fancy bakery pastries. And then the guy shows up and just firebombs everything, if you will. Um, And everyone's just kind of so, oh, this is what happens. I don't I think that's too too much. I get that. You know, yeah. um I think that's a little too much for me. Um I don't know. I'm going to keep watching it. I yep. I don't have a reason not to at this point. The uh I felt that this week the writing was way better than last week's. The yep. pilot was terrible. And we both yeah. didn't like it. I yeah. felt that the writing this week was a lot better. The uh, The relationship between Alan Tudyk and his assistant is beautiful. 
I do enjoy that thoroughly, yes. Her character had some of the best lines. She's got the whole deadpan, dead-eyed look. Yeah. Um, even with, uh, you know, when dealing with Vanessa Hudgens, you know, she's like, I rode the elevator for five hours just trying to meet new people. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so sad. That's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. Is there footage of that? And then like two <laughs> scenes later, they're talking about, oh, I was just on YouTube watching that video of her riding the elevator for five hours. You know, they definitely did better with the writing, with the jokes. It felt more, uh, more like community or something like that, where the, the tongue in cheek stuff was handled quickly and without a lot of yep. pause for laughter kind of stuff. I mean, I guess if they just focused on, the office work, like I liked the fact they have the superhero fantasy pool thing going. I yep. liked how they were working on the umbrella, uh, the rumbrella. I liked how she was using, tried to use uh, HR to uh, get what she <laughs> wanted, so she didn't look like the bad guy. She just looked like the bad guy. On, on, on. I liked all that. I think they need, if they're gonna just have the villains, the super villains show up, just to cause havoc and people right. just be like, oh, this is how it always happens. Because the villains lose everything because they're not afraid of them. Right. They're they're not afraid of the villains. And so they're they're just more like, oh, here we go again. And um, I think they need to distance themselves from that aspect of it. I agree. Yep. No, I agree with you. It it takes out the uh, mythos of the heroes and the villains if they're just – they're more annoyances than anything. You know, they're the guy that – on the bike that's driving in the traffic lane and you're like, I know he has the right of way, but my God, he's holding me up. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. No, I can get behind you there. But yeah, you it was get it. It was definitely a stronger episode than the pilot was. So, oh right. yeah, I'll keep oh, hands it. down it was. Excuse me, hands down it was. Now, did um, you watch uh, Superstore leading into that? I did watch Superstore, and I actually I thought it was a good episode this week. I, I liked how um, the sexual harassment. <laughs> um, now I don't know if anyone knows this or not. <laughs> I can't think of the old man's name, but he was the skipper on the original Love Boat series. Yes. Yes. I had to look it up because I placed him somewhere. And I absolutely loved how they made everything seem so innocent where he's just, well, he just commented you have a nice sweater. It is a nice sweater. And I think you're a beautiful woman. (laughs) And then the way that sweater just hugs your curves. And, like, he just went (laughs) filthy. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Like. I don't know. I thought it was great. I just thought it was great. Yep. I thought it was. I thought it was the perfect Valentine's episode. I, I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, for a Valentine's episode, this one was spot on. Yeah. Um, they didn't. You know, that's the thing with Valentine's episodes. A lot of times, you're either going to get the overly sappy, overly romantic. You know, we have to do a grand love gesture because it's Valentine's Day, or you're going to get the curmudgeonly, "I hate Valentine's Day." Rah, rah, rah. And this had a very even keel to it. You know, some people were trying to play matchmaker. People were, you know, hooking up with their respective bows, and it was good. I liked it. I liked. Uh, <clears throat> what was it? Um... Was it Sandra kept sending herself stuff? <laughs> yeah, you know, that first be hundred dollars worth of flowers, uh, hundred and forty actually. Yeah, first the flowers, and then like it just kind of cuts to the the guy in the giant heart costume with the balloons, and then it's puppies, and then it's this and this. I don't know. I thought it was great. Yep, I thought it was great, and uh, 
I really did. Oh god, that whole scene at the end when he just goes filthy talking about her body underneath that sweater. <laughs> the delivery of it was <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Oh god, gross, stop talking." Yeah, and everyone's reactions were just phenomenal. <laughs> because they really did make it look like she was overreacting. Yeah. You know what I he mean? He just wanted like, to feed the ducks with her. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just don't get it. And she's like, why won't he just leave me alone? I, I, I thought it was great. Yep. I thought it was great because it goes from like, wait, she's not just a confused old lady who doesn't understand or misinterprets compliments. She's really being sexually harassed. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, I thought it was a great episode. Yep. Oh, and don't forget, um, what was his name? I can't think of that. I'm sorry. I'm not. My name escaped me. No, not Mateo. The, the the guy that went undercover. Jonah. Jonah, yeah. Jonah watches the video so he can go undercover to spy on the girl who he thinks is shoplifting. <laughs> I, that was that whole thing was great. Yeah. And then when she when 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 she walks up to him <laughs> to be like, oh, hey, aren't you going to come home to the wife and the kids? Instead of just being like, this is my coworker, she's being crazy. He just plays into it. <laughs> he plays into it hard. Yeah, big those time. are not my children. They're yours from another marriage. She's like, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> I, I'm just like, wait a second, what's he doing? <laughs> and then she walked away. Yep. So it made perfect sense, really. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good episode. I liked yep. it. Big Bang Theory, on the other hand, was not a good episode. I, I did not watch it. I started watching it, and then somehow I got distracted. But go ahead, just talk about it anyways. Oh, God. So basically, it starts off where Sheldon is annoying Howard and uh, Leonard because they're working on the guidance system, and they've got it down to specs. And he's like, yeah, but I, I look at this formula. You know, I discovered a way that we could get it down like nine to ten times smaller. And they're like, yeah, but this is what the military wanted. We're not going to work any harder on it. And he's like, oh, but so they decide that they will distract him because Leonard has had this basically a silver bullet this whole time. He spent $4,000 booking Sheldon to a train experience where he's the engineer and he'll get to drive the trains and play with the engines and do everything. He's been holding on to it for some time when he wanted to get rid of him for like a week. And so now's the time and they do that. And Sheldon just won't, of course, stop talking about it and he's going on and on to everybody about it and staying up all night and being really annoying about it. But at least he's not in the lab anymore. But then the Air Force guy comes in and somehow just miraculously understands the equation on the wall and goes, this looks better. This looks like it could be smaller. And they're like, yeah, but we're within specifications. He's like, I want this one. So now they've got to go a complete 180 and go back and get Sheldon back on board so that he can do the math because they can't figure out the math. But no, now he just wants to be an engineer and work on trains, and that's all he wants. He He's given up physics and grown. Yeah, it was lame. And then on the other side of things, the girls have a girls' day out because, you know, they want to get Bernadette out of the house, but then everybody's having their own second thoughts. You know, Penny says, you guys are so grown up, and, and Leonard and I haven't even talked about kids. We don't have a retirement plan. And, blah, 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 blah. and you know, Amy's miserable with Sheldon because they haven't talked about getting married or anything. Bernadette just wants to be home with the baby, which Raj and, and Stuart are taking care of and doing a terrible job. And it was just, it was all groans. Yeah, that doesn't sound enjoyable. Nope. No, the Not show, at all. The show really, I know we complained for quite a while there that we needed to have character development. I don't think that introducing the child has been good character development. 
Well, when they teased um, Penny's brother coming in, yep, I actually thought, ooh, I, I think I'll enjoy this. Yeah. Because I enjoyed him in that episode where they introduced Penny's family. Remember how, how much we both liked that episode? Yep. And how much we liked him. And I thought – and that actor, I don't know what his name is, but you know who I'm talking about. DJ Poles. Yeah. I thought that would be – I thought that would be good. Yeah. I did it. Anyhow, um, I watched SVU this week again, uh, which I normally do. I don't normally talk about it because I haven't had an episode yet where I've been like, ooh, I need to talk about this show. It's so good. Right. Um, and as, as a matter of fact, it's been mostly like they've been ho-hum. This week's story was really good, actually. Um, essentially, I'm just going to spoil the whole thing. Essentially, Kid comes home and uh, – He's supposed to be with his dad's, and he's like 15 or 16. He's supposed to be at his dad's, but his dad uh, they had an argument, so he decides, screw this, I'm going to mom's. And walks in on mom, getting railed by some guy, uh, and she screams, he's raping me. And so the kid had gotten a gun when he heard the commotion. Um, and they explain why he had a gun, on and on, why he had access to this rifle, because his dad bought it from for hunting, and on and on. So he gets it out, and then he ends up shooting and killing the guy that was having sex with his mom. And as soon as I saw that, I went, oh, she, that wasn't rape. That was consensual, because that's his best friend, and that's going to be the twist. Ho-hum. Nope. They did a really good job. What I said was exactly true, except the mother was like the psychologist, and so she was a big old piece of shit trying to save herself. So she tried to make her son feel like that he knew what was going on all along and that he murdered his friend as soon as they saw them together. And I'm like, that's an interesting twist. And the writing was done really well, and how they came out of it was really well. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. Like, it's I think it's the best one this season for me as far as uh, – the storyline was because it wasn't the same old, same old ho hum. Now that was the 400th episode of SVU, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> was that, that the 400th episode? Well, I remember they were promoing, you know, the 400th episode is coming up, and I remember that it was oh. something along the lines of a woman pictures that she had taken with her son's best friend, all naked. Yeah, yes, because that's how they figure out that it wasn't like her story wasn't holding up the snuff because of some photos they found in his room of them together uh, at another time. And it turns out that she had been, as they kept saying, molesting this boy and then another boy before that. Um, or statutory rape is another term they used. But um, I didn't realize it was the 400th episode. That is actually saying something for a show, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's a milestone that most shows never hope to get near. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about SVU because it still uses the original Law & Order opening theme from the original series. Yep. And there's a lot of nostalgia in there for that alone because it's I've always liked that theme. And, you know, when a show has a good theme, it really does – you know what I mean? It's like when you hear a song and it brings back a memory. Like I can't stand Nelly Furtado's Turn Out the Lights because it was on that damn infernal – Real players tape for like months <laughs> in a row, uh-huh. uh, or some other uh, 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 not Beyonce, but before she was Beyonce, she was with the other Destiny's chicks Child. there. Destiny's Child songs, I, I can't stomach them because of that. But 
uh, I've always enjoyed the Law and Order theme, and I've always been a fan of Law and Order. Um, but the last couple seasons, I haven't, I haven't thought were all that good. So, but I don't know. The other night, and I was watching it, I, I just really enjoyed the show, really enjoyed the episode, really enjoyed the writing, and I feel like they actually went, "Hey, let's 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 put an effort in this one." Nice. <laughs> Which is hence why I'm talking about it. Awesome. Yeah, and, and I have to say, like, I was just. Uh, listening to you talking and then, you know, we came to that part where you were saying, you know, oh, and uh, I don't remember this and I don't remember this. And then, you know, I jumped in. I think that we could, like, make some money going on something like $10,000 Pyramid. <laughs> because if you look back at a lot of our shows, there's a lot of that. You know, you're like Penny's brother, you know, um, uh, don't remember the actor's name, DJ Qualls. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> You know, I think if you were the one who was like trying to give the clues and I was the one trying to answer it, I think we could make some money on it. We this. probably could, yeah. We probably could. That would be a great tie in for our show. We'd be like, what did you watch this week? I watched our episode of, so, of, of the $100,000 pyramid. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know why I know the theme to that. Uh, <laughs> um, what was it? It's just sometimes like certain like actors' faces stick in your mind, but their names don't. Yep. You know, there's a lot of people like I think we've done that before. Like, well, you know, I could say his name and you won't know it, but if you see him, you'd be like, oh, okay, because like that he's guy. one of those character actor, actors. Yeah, he's in everything. Or what did I hear recently? Uh, <laughs> Michael Ironside was his generation's powers booth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yes, it is. Did you watch Lethal Weapon this week? I did watch Lethal Weapon this week. And Lethal Weapon is just a show for me that I enjoy, but it's just like not – the writing isn't always the best. Correct. Um, this week this was week, very good. Yeah, it was. It was really good this week actually. Um, I did not ex- – <laughs> I went for the obvious twist. The the other psychiatrist? Yep. Yep, me too. I had did not see uh patrolman coming into play at all. No. No, I was quite pleased that they won one over on me. Yep. Yeah, because yep. I did the same thing. I was like, oh, it's going to be the other psychologist. And then they're like, oh, we found his DNA. And I'm like, yeah, I called it. Okay. Whoa, that was <laughs> not what I expected. Yep, I did not see that Homie one coming. He just got shot in the chest. Yes, rather, um, and then when he dropped and it was the patrolman, I went, oh, shit, it's him. <laughs> I was really glad to, uh, in that whole scene. Now, the whole episode was great Bef- yep. before we just, you know, jump right to the end like that. The whole episode was great. It was very psychological. You know, the, the shrink at work is getting stalked. Her boyfriend that she's seeing is the murder victim in the beginning. And yeah, what a, what a crappy way to go. Like he's riding a motorcycle and the guy won't let him pass. Keeps swerving to make him so that he can't pass. He finally pulls over parks there. Ah, look at this view. And the truck just rams him. Boom. Dead. That was gross. But yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a nice, you know, twisted kind of thing where she kept getting little hints, uh, little that people that were in her life were disposed of somehow. Um, but that shot at the end, you know, when we get the little story about the two taps on the shoulder means, you know, take the shot and Roger takes the shot 
I was very glad that they later on, you know, he shot the guy right in the hand, dropped his gun. Um, yeah. And then later on, he's like, were you aiming at his hand? And he's like, it was a great shot. <laughs> because, and I think I mentioned this in the first episode, you know, where Riggs was supposedly a master sniper in the military. And yes, I have that note as well. Yeah. So to give Roger a sniper rifle and expect that he would make that shot from that distance. If he had caught him in the head, I would have cried bullshit so loud my neighbors would have heard it. Well, when he caught him in the hand, I was like, oh, really? First of all, please don't shoot to wound. Right. Because they can still shoot you. Right. But I've got to believe that basically they were taking into account things like wind resistance, bullet drop, etc. Because that was a long-distance shot. That was a really long shot, yeah. And, and so, you know, aiming for his head, of course it's going to hit lower on him. And, yeah, I, I'm glad that they kind of addressed that and basically said, don't worry, everybody, we know he's not a marksman. He would not have been able to do that. The only thing I really didn't like is that Riggs is in the doctor's office and she sees there's a Murtaugh file. He sees there's a Murtaugh file. And so then he becomes obsessed with why is Roger seeing the shrink? And we've never seen him see the shrink before or had any knowledge of it or anything about it. All of a sudden it's just come out of the blue. And then he won't tell him, won't tell him. Then all of a sudden he cuts this long story as to, you know, he didn't pull the trigger when he should have and he's had problems with it since. And then as soon as they said that, I'm like, well, I can't wait for that to happen later. This exactly. Time. Right down and to then, the two taps on the shoulder. Exactly. And then sure as shit it does. And then but I did like how Riggs was just like, you aiming for his head? It was a great <laughs> shot. I was like, all right, good. Because, see, that is the exact reason why, and I'm going to go on a little uh, rampage right now, if you will. But that that is one of the exact reasons why police don't shoot a wound when people say, well, they could have done this, or why didn't they use their tasers, or why didn't they wound them, or on and on and on. It's because that guy got shot in the hand, and yeah, his gun was gone, but guess what? He still managed to blow the house up. Yeah. You know, that's why they don't shoot to wound, because they can still attack you and try to kill you, because mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to do to begin with. Absolutely. And End rant. <laughs> Wasn't much of a rant. Nope, I agree completely. But um, yeah, I just, I like this show, and I'm surprised how much I like it. Exactly. I, I feel the same way. I really like the chemistry between Riggs and Murtaugh. Yep. I, I think I don't know who the actor is that plays Riggs, but Damon Wayans, I've enjoyed him since he was Homie the Clown. So, I mean, yeah. It was good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'll tell you, another show that I actually really do enjoy that I didn't think I would, and I've mentioned it a couple times on this podcast, is Bull. Yeah, you did. It, it was another episode this week that really was enjoyable to me. Um, and I had a lot of issues with it because it dealt with professional video gaming. Mm-hmm. And most of it was handled really well, except for the fact that they still don't understand people who produce these TV shows. They show three people in the office who are like trying to get into the game so that they can understand the, the aspects of why people like it so much. Three people each have their own controllers playing the game together, but then when you see the TV screen, it's a single player game. And they're like, oh, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm gonna. I'm like, where? Where are you going to get him? Because this isn't split screen. You don't have your own monitor. You're just seeing the point of view of one person. So the other two of you aren't playing at best. And it really yep. kind of bugs me that way. 
you know, it, it throws all the credibility right out the window. But no, I, I, yeah, I, I believe it. It would bother me as well. But overall, it is a really good show. I really enjoy the characters on it. I really enjoy how. I, I don't know. I enjoy how they look at the cases. It, it's not just straight up. Did this person do it or didn't they? It's more about the jurors. It's more about perception. Um, getting these people to win over to your side. You know, it's not just okay. Here we've got a jury of twelve people. It's like, what are they thinking? You know, this person hates their boss, so we want them on our jury because this is dealing with a, a guy who was defamed by his boss. Yep. That's my spiel for it. Well, maybe I should start watching the show. Hey, give it an episode or two if you're bored some night. It's uh, you might like it. You've liked the Law and Order movie, uh, shows before. It's definitely more lighthearted yes. than that. But yeah, no, I'm definitely a big fan of the Law and Order shows. I'm actually am looking forward to checking out that new Chicago Justice. I think they're calling it. Yes, the Dick Wolf. Law and Order Chicago show. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the only other show I watched this week of a regular show was Grimm. God damn. I should mute myself before I just cuss exponentially loudly. Well, okay. So at least in this episode. (laughs) Just like last week, you're like, well, okay, look, you know. Diana wasn't figuring everything out again. Yay. Okay, so the show opens up, and they do that thing where they have something happen, and then, oh, who's the Vessin of the Week? And Which I do like the Vessin, these Vessin of the Week episodes. But I'm like, oh, hey, that's the dad from Boy Meets World. That's the guy. All <laughs> yep. right. Um, and then it wasn't. So Swerve, right? I was like, all right, that's cool. That's not the, that's not the Vessin we're looking at. Um, but they do the research into the thing that Eve drew on the wall. Um and so <laughs> go ahead say it i dare you to say it with a straight face rosalie's computer program that she just happens to have mm-hmm. to to lie i'm like i'm like john is losing his fucking mind right now i am <laughs> oh i think i have a program that can do this yeah yeah no no you don't no You've just spent this whole episode explaining how it's not just like one particular calendar. It's like five different ancient calendars all wrapped into one. And Showing this and different that. constellations. Yeah. Yeah. And you happen to have a computer, uh, a program on your computer that reads this, these constellations and can see where they line up and can, you can just take the image and just impose it right over it. I mean, like it was just no, no one's laptop does that. I mean, maybe, but not yours. Definitely not yours. Like this, that was just ludicrous, but at least, you know, it was that and not Diana figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you that. I will give you You that much. Kudos to the um, writers. Yeah. And then I, I figured this has got to be something in the future, not in the past. And of course it's the future. It's, it's, uh, and, and Grimm has done this in the past and they continue to do it, which is they pick a date or they'll say a date on the show and it lines up with something actually happening in the future on the, you know, like a future episode. And in this case, it was March 24th, which is episode 12. Yeah. So, um, 12 of 13. 
12 of 13, yes. Yep. Yeah, so basically, all those hieroglyphics were the names for constellations from different religions, different races, different organizations. Yeah. And somehow this computer program managed to chart that if they were at those exact positions, which they don't have any degrees, they don't have any longitudes or latitudes, there are programs out there that will track your, your where the stars were in the sky when you were born, and you could tell, you know, where Saturn was and stuff like that, but... This was just a sketch. This was a sketch by It e. was a sketch. It was a sketch that they somehow managed to piece together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very ludicrous. And, and then they're ludicrous. like, oh, we've gone back in time several hundred years, and that never matches up. Try going forward. <gasps> My God, it's three weeks from now. Well, isn't that convenient? Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness you figured that one out so that we can move the plot forward. Oh, no, we're not going to move the plot forward. Don't worry. There's still a stick. There's still a, a shroud that it's wrapped in, and we don't know anything about it. But something's going to happen on the 24th of March. But Sean Renard is still seeing Meisner, and for whatever reason, like originally they said Meisner he, they told him that he made the wrong choice. He chose the wrong side. But this time when those people come back to Renard and threaten him, he's like, you're not going to threaten me. I'm done with you. Meisner's like, oh, you made the right decision. Now let me give <laughs> the heads up on people that are going to kill you. <laughs> Did, did you want him to just be like, you have chosen wisely? Yes. Yes, I did want him to be like, yes. Oh, my you God. You have chosen wisely. Yes. Um, yeah. I I still like the show, but there was a lot in this episode that I didn't like. Not that I didn't like, but I just was like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I so. want you to know that uh, Mr. Mully reached out to me as he was that listening was to our podcast and informed me that he agreed that the show went completely downhill uh, right about the time that they were burning down the trailer, and he stopped watching right after that as well. So when I asked, do you think they jumped the shark when they burnt the trailer down? He was yes. like, yes, they did. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. agrees completely, and it's true. Yeah. It was stupid. It was that was like killing off one of the main characters, honestly. It really was, yes. And I know they tried to say, Oh, here we got a new collection for you, but they haven't really they, they've used them but they haven't used them. Right. There was just something about going to the trailer. Yeah. And it's not there anymore. So. Exactly. But we're about halfway through the season. Episode six I think we're on, so I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna finish it out. I, I don't. I, it hasn't driven me away yet. But, uh, um, I feel like it's trying to. It certainly is. It's, it is trying. It, it to. wants to punish us for watching this show this season. They're like, yeah. you know, you want to stick around because we told you this is the last season. We're gonna make you earn it. <laughs> oh. Um. I will just say You're briefly that definitely MacGyver, Irving, Irving, yeah. <laughs> MacGyver this week was the show that I was talking about where they thought they were going to catch the Zodiac killer. You know, the guy from the sixties. Yep. And, and this girl and her boyfriend got killed and the girl with her dying breath dragged herself over to her car and drew the Zodiac symbol because that was what the guy was wearing. And they were like, we're going to catch the Zodiac killer. And I thought, no, you're not. Because that's stupid, and you're MacGyver, and the uh, the show was it did one of those things that I said earlier that I hated, where the guy was killing people who were in his way to mimic Zodiac kills, but then he 
broke in and kidnapped their computer hacker because, you know, he, he wanted to take her someplace private and, and give her a little grandstanding soliloquy before he shot her. It sounds like it should be a Criminal Minds episode. It sounds like stupid. You know, he, he, he <laughs> okay, was shooting enough. people. He had no problem with shooting people, but her, he wanted to kidnap. She even called him on it to, to the show's, you know, merit. She called him on it. She's like, you can't do it because everything that you've done to this point has been the Zodiac style, and this is not anything that he did. So you wouldn't be able to do this because you'd be dishonoring him. And it kind of threw him for a loop. But it was interesting because at the end of the episode, they talked about how this guy was – he was like a copycat, but he was getting information from who they believed was the original Zodiac, who would be like 70 years old now. And they traced a call to uh, a so-and-so, so-and-so, I think he was a doctor, down in Oahu. And Jack was like, oh, I've got a friend on the force down in Hawaii. I'll give him a call. They're kind of setting up because in March there's going to be a crossover episode of MacGyver and Hawaii Five-O. Yes, I heard about that. And Rude. so – That'll be interesting. Uh, I haven't watched Hawaii Five-0 since like the second season. It just, it didn't interest me anymore, but it's still going, so they've got to be doing something right. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see this episode when it crosses over. I still don't hate the show. It's yep. quite unbelievable at times. And, and as Mully and I were discussing the other day, a lot of his MacGyverisms are kind of ridiculous at times. Like, it seems, like what we were talking about earlier, where they're just kind of introduced to solve an impossible problem. You know, yep. this time he grabbed coax cable from an abandoned building that was in the wall and jumped out of a second or third story window and used it to rappel down because it was being ripped out of the wall, but very slowly through the drywall. So it kind of slowed him down enough so that he didn't break his legs and die when he fell. That's not MacGyverish. That's just convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Or lucky. <laughs> or last week when there was a guy running really fast to get away from them and Jack was chasing him down. So MacGyver stopped somewhere, grabbed a couple of bottles of cleaner uh, and some tubing and tied the tubing around the bottles and made a makeshift bola and managed to catch up to the guy and bola his legs. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have no regrets for not watching this show. <laughs> um, are you caught up on Emerald City now? I'm not. I'm two episodes behind. I almost watched them, and then I thought, ah, I'll just wait till there's three, and I'll watch them together. I, I, I don't have that drive to want to watch the show, right. but at the same time, I'm, I haven't given up on it. Mm-hmm. How's it been for you? Well. Uh, if you remember last week, I said that the episode that you missed last week really had some good revelations. Mm-hmm. We got to see some flashbacks that were good, and mm-hmm. it really explained an awful lot of stuff that we've been questioning. This episode continued with that, and it was oh, good. It was good. Like it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it for what it was. There are only three more episodes left this season. Oh, okay, short and, season. Uh, yep, but. I'm still really enjoying it. Like it kind of went downhill for me a little bit there, but it's picked itself right back up. And, uh, these last two episodes were definitely worth the trip for me. I'll wait until you're caught up and we can have a good long discussion about it. But yeah. Well, I'll catch up for next week. I I will say that this episode, if I'm to understand it correctly, um, actually included a, uh, uh, jerk off scene. Surprisingly enough. 
Okay. And it was one of the oddest ones that I've ever seen, but it was kind of cool. You'll have to watch it and see what I'm talking about, but yeah. It was a twist on a classic Wizard of Oz thing, so yeah. Just going to leave that at that. All right, good enough. Um, so I, do you have any other new shows you watched to talk about? Uh, no, I only have one other show to talk about, period. Okay. Um, well, I found this list online, and it was like the 10 episodes that have been banned or that you only saw the first time or whatever. It was just – it was one of those weird clickbait lists, and I was bored. I was like, all right, let's see what it is. So I started going through it, and, and essentially what it was is it was like it made air the first time, but it was just so like – there's such a negative backlash on it or the content of it was deemed to be so inappropriate now or whatever that it has not been re-aired in syndication or not for a long time or whatever. The only one I remember hearing about that before, knowing about before, was uh, uh, an episode of The X-Files, season four, episode two, Home, with the Peacock Brothers. Yes. So I remember that. Like, they didn't air that initially when it was supposed to, and then they did, and there was like a TVMA, lots of viewer, you know, discretion advised things going on. Um, and the, but it was released on home video and it has been played re re aired like on, um, FX marathon since then or whatever. Uh, but they had a, a list of shows, uh, like they had the episode of the Pokemon one. And apparently the season one, episode 38 electric soldier, Porygon or whatever Porygon. that, Porygon, yeah, that's the episode where there were 685 cases of reported of people having <laughs> photosensitive epileptic seizures yep. after watching the episode, and that's been spoofed a lot. So that, that episode's never re-aired either. Um, there was an episode of The Twilight Zone, uh, episode 151, The Encounter, and I actually watched this last night. I watched or two nights ago, whatever it was. I watched it on because it's on uh, Netflix. And it's an episode, basically, it's uh, about a, a World War II vet who uh, is cleaning out his attic. And a Japanese-American, played by George Takai, comes along because he's supposed to – his neighbor sent him over because uh, this World War II vet, Fenton is his name, was looking for someone to mow his yard. And so George Takai's character shows up to be like, hey, I'll do it for like seven bucks a month. And he's like, all right, why don't you come up to the attic with me and uh, help me out up here or whatever. And eventually he goes upstairs for reasons we don't know. But there's a samurai sword. And Fenton took it off a Japanese soldier that he killed in the war 20 years earlier because this takes place 20 years after World War II. And the reason why this episode uh, was banned, if you will, was because of all the uh, racist content (laughs) that was in it. And how and it was just it was uh, it triggered complaints from Japanese American due to the backstory of the character played by Takai and uh, the fact that like his father was a spy for the Japanese and and signaled where they should bomb Pearl Harbor. Um, there was a lot of other controversial topics in the episode that at that time people were like, "No, we can't re-air this," and it never re-aired on TV until January third, two thousand sixteen, huh. during a sci-fi marathon. Um, but it was released on DVD. 
during the uh, season five set and then the complete series on Blu-rays. And of course it's on Netflix. I watched the episode. I mean, I, I can see why it's your typical twilight zone episode. Um, both of these guys experience guilt. Uh, Takai's character's guilt is based on his father being a, a traitor to the Americans and helping the Japanese. Uh, this other guy's guilt is that this sword that he took off the soldier, uh, it was the soldier who had surrendered and he killed them anyways because he was told that not to take any prisoners and he can't blame a guy for following orders. And essentially the sword is make is, is somehow they're, they're locked into this room. They cannot get out of it now. And there's a lot the dialogue is very, um, it causes a lot of tension. Like when you're watching it, I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it holds up to today still, honestly, in my opinion, even though it first aired back in 1964. Um, but yeah, I, I can see based on the content why they chose not to re-air that or got so many complaints considering when it did air was only – 20 years after World War II, and there was still a lot of tensions there. Um, but it was it was a good episode. Nice. Um, one of the other episodes that was on there was an old episode of Hawaii Five-O, and the title of it is called Bored, She Hung Herself. And this aired uh, on uh, January 7th, 1970. It's the 16th episode of season two. And this is the synopsis of it. And it says the 5-0 investigates the death of a yoga student who died while performing a dangerous yoga technique that calls for the student to asphyxiate himself. And apparently there were some cases where someone tried this in real life and died. Uh-huh. And – so the episode was bar- barred from airing in syndication after a viewer reported imitated a deadly technique. Um, not only that, but it has n- it was not released on the season two DVD set or the complete series set later on. Wow. So I actually thought that was interesting because even though, I mean, that happened in the 1970s, obviously they didn't release the DVDs for over 30 years later. And yet that episode is still not on the sets. Interesting. Yeah, it almost makes me want to watch it. Just almost? Okay, it does make me want to watch it to see, like, why, what's so bad about this. And then, but still, anyways, I just thought it was kind of neat that even though it's been, you know, 34, 40 years now, actually, 47 years, right? My math is terrible. No, 47 years since it initially aired. Yep. It's still not been replayed. In, in the United States, I'm, I'll say that, and it's not been released on uh, home video, which wow. I, which is surprising. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the rest of the list. Those were the only those four episodes is what stood out on it. The rest I was just kind of like whatever, that's garbage. Um, but yeah, oh, go watch that Twilight Zone episode on Netflix. It's uh, season five, episode thirty one. Cool, and it's only like twenty six minutes long or whatever. So, would you watch? Uh, I forgot. I did have a second show, and it was Riverdale. Um, I oh, was, yeah. No, I'm, I'm still good. not giving up on that show. Uh, wow, I'm surprised. I am surprised, too. I think it's because the Jughead character who narrates at the end of every episode, he gives you that hook for the next episode, you know, but there would be an arrest made within the next three days. And you're like, well, right. wait, I want to see the arrest made in the next three days. It, it was a very twisted episode in this one. It it was kind of after school special. They dealt with, uh, you know, the football team and the fact that they keep a scorebook of the girls that they've slept with or the girls that they claim they've slept with. And they assign points based on, you know, whether she was a prude or the new girl or stuff like that. 
and uh the the girls basically take down the head of the uh football team which was tough because his dad was the coach but he had to based on you know the fact that they got a picture of the book and they got him confessing that he had done it uh but they went about it in a really twisted way you know it was kind of a cruel intentions kind of thing you know yep. th- they were like oh you can take both of us and you'll be in the hot tub and uh Betty showed up in a black goth wig and wearing like a, a black leather bra and she was calling herself Polly, her sister's name, because she saw Polly's name in the book. And uh it said that Jason, the kid who's dead, you know, from the first episode, was the one who supposedly conquered her. So she got all upset and wanted to take revenge for her messed up sister. It, it was just it was dark and twisted. Um but for some reason, I still keep watching it. I, I don't know. Maybe you're really just into drama now. I don't think so. Because I normally hate the drama aspects of things. I think it's the mystery, honestly. Yeah? Yeah, because most of the rest of it, I'm just like, I don't care about this, I don't care about this. But I kind of want – like, it was revealed this week that uh, – Jason wanted to get away from his parents. He hated them. They were, they were ruining his life. So him and his sister made a deal. He was going to go like one town over and start a new life. And he'd send for her as soon as he was clear. But you know, that never happened. That's and now a stupid he's dead. Plan, by it, the way. it really is a stupid plan. But for some reason, I want to know what happened to him in the meantime. Oh, and it turns out that the leader of the scouts, who is actually just a teenage kid as well, is a uh, survivalist nut job who is trying to teach his scouts that they need to arm themselves and be ready just in case the government comes uprising after them. Crazy stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, the one show that I was referring to that I wanted to talk about was that I finished up very quickly, very happily, the Santa Clarita Diet. Ooh. That's a great show. That show is phenomenal. That is a great show. That is the first um, time I've watched a show and said, my God, I can't wait to go back and watch this all over again. Multiple times. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it again myself to see if there's something I missed maybe the first time around. <sighs> So what would you think of Nathan Fillion's uh, cameo? Okay, I loved his character. I loved the banter that they had. um, Yes. When he was talking about the fight. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to get – if this was a couple of years ago, we'd get into a fight. And I'd throw one punch because that's my only move. And then you would probably kick my ass because you were a substantial man. And then he just keeps going on and on about it, you know? Yes. You were so lucky that we are not having the fight that you would definitely win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got to say, the show kept getting better and better. Yes. That 10th episode, the final episode, was so much awesome that I just – I was like, I wish all the episodes could have been this good. Bringing in um, – I'm going to get it wrong. It's one of the three-word names. It's either Portia de Rossi. It's Drea de Mateo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Portia de Rossi. Portia de Rossi. Okay. Bringing her in – as a cameo, as that doctor who knows about zombieism because she's been kicked out of medical schools and stuff like yes. that, yes. was so good. It made me yearn to go back and watch Better Off Ted again. Yes, because I she agree was with you, 100%. the same character. Yes, and um, watching the daughter fake the seizures five times in a row. 
Yep. And, and yep. pardon my language, but on the fourth one, <laughs> when pushing to Russ, it's just like, motherfucker! Like, right out loud. <laughs> and then the fifth one, when the, when the boyfriend gets down there and he's like, your commitment is astounding. astounding. Yes, yes. I loved it when he tried to kiss her. And she's like, whoa. And he's like, see, I just wanted to show you that, you know, see how you're apologizing to me now, even because you want to make sure I'm feeling better. Well, that's what your mom was doing to you. Oh, that's what you're going for the whole time. Yeah, that was my plan the whole time. Like, I loved that. I thought that was like, that was like the greatest save in the world yes. of some guy trying to kiss a girl and the girl being like, whoa, what are you doing? And he's like, no, no, no. That was my plan. See, I knew you were going to do that. And I see how you're apologizing to me now because you don't want to hurt my feelings because you want to make sure <laughs> you don't want me to feel good about myself. That's what your mom's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she's that, doing. I, just, I thought that was brilliant. Oh, it was Absolutely brilliant. It was one of the brilliant. smoothest moves I've seen. <laughs> That was so yeah. good. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Like, yeah, I, I really. Oh god, the first episode where, where, where we don't know what type of character he's going to be on the show at first, and, and he's just sitting in the car, and he's like, I can't think of his name now, but he really likes you. As a matter of fact, I think you're number one in his spank bank. Yes. He's like, mom, <laughs> like I. <laughs> Like, I figured he was one and done after that, but nope. Right. Nope. Nope. He's it, basically the fourth, fourth, uh, fourth star of the show, if you will. Yep. The, the banter with him and, uh, and Porsche de Rossi, and they were going back and forth. And she's like, but why not seven? Oh, interesting. But then what about blue? Okay, then. It was just so great watching them, like, bounce off each other. I wonder how much of that was ad libbed and how, uh, how much of it was, like, in the script. But my God, this show, it's one thing to say, oh, it's left open for a second season. This felt like it ended in the middle of an episode. Yeah, it did. Like, <gasps> but, and, and we still don't know how she became a zombie. Right. We still don't know how she died or what it was <laughs> or what the thing was she threw up. But I loved how they gave us that one episode with the former drug dealer who's now trying to get his life on track because he's yes. undead. Then suddenly yes. he realizes that they're soulmates because, you know – well, we're the only two like us. We should be together. And he's, she's like, no, no, that's not happening. I love how like episode three was titled We Don't Kill People and episode four is titled We Kill People. Yes. Because of what happens at the end of episode three. He's like, all right, honey, we'll kill people. But it's got to be someone bad. Yep. It's got to be someone that deserves it. And then they think they're going to kill this like drug dealer that has sex with underage kids and on and on and on. And then as they're waiting around for her to come back from that, you know, oh, they got a, they got a real estate deal. She's got to talk to someone. And he's like, yeah, I just broke up with my girl recently because, well, she told me she was 21. I found out she was 16. You can't do that. No, no, you can't. I think it's better if you don't talk. He's like, I don't want to sell drugs, but I got to help my sister and her kids. And not. <laughs> we can't kill him. It, it was, it presented such a, uh, a different approach to that kind of stuff. Yes. That it was refreshing. They didn't beat yeah. your, they didn't beat you to death with it. Like, you know, oh, well, you always have to look and see, you know, they could be good people, but it was just refreshing to be like, yeah, you know, um, this guy may look like a douchebag on the outside, but. <laughs> yeah. And then when he, uh, oh God, okay. And by the way, it is a reality when you have a city police and a county sheriff going at each other. Yeah, you had mentioned that last week about yeah, how bad can, it can get. That, that's a real thing. <laughs> but when uh, – I, I loved how um, – and I can't think of the, act, the, the name of the character, but Timothy Oliphant's character. I loved how 
he just wanted to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. But just the way he did it and his delivery of his dialogue and how his character acted, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Like, okay. I guess we're doing that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was fantastic. I just loved it all. <laughs> And they kept talking about Nathan Fillion's balls. Well, I ate his balls, but they were smaller than yours, so that's something, right? <laughs> I don't know. Just the matter-of-fact way they handled it all with how, like, oh, she can't eat a chicken. She can't because it's gross. She can only eat once she's had the taste of human flesh, you know. That's all that's going to crave her. I mean, satisfy the craving. Right. And then, like, her toe falling off. Yeah. And it was so gross. She tried to nail it back on, and it's so Oh, God. That was so... Oh. <laughs> so oh, disgusting. terrible. Yeah. And then her eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene where she's making him shove her eye back oh, in yeah. place. Like, until you hear a pop. popping noise. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, John's freaking out. John's freaking out so bad right now. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. No, the show is great. I absolutely love the show. Yes. And it's one of those ones when you watch it, it's just like you just have to be like, all right, I have to accept that this is the zombie things happening or whatever. I mean, it's just so out there. And um, the daughter, she's like an Australian actress. I think she's 21 or 22 or something like that. I don't know what it was about her, but there's something about her that I liked a lot, like, in, like straight away. Mm-hmm. And it just worked. Like, it just worked. She was like, she was sassy and rebellious, but she wasn't the typical annoying, sassy, rebellious teenager that you just want to drive into the ground. And then when she started skipping school because, you know, I've I've got a lot of stress in my life right now, so I think I should skip school even though I've never done it before. Like, it was just kind of funny. Um, I really wanted them to kill the, uh, the principal. Yes. Because he's one of those smarmy, wormy people that has some sort of microbial power and just likes to abuse it at every turn to make themselves feel better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. This, again, it didn't feel like a season finale. You know? No. I I know that everybody's kind of going off doing their own thing. You know, the doctor was like, I can't stick around, you know, because obviously they didn't have her in the budget. Um, right. But she left all of her research material and all the, all the, tools there with him um dad's being hauled off to the loony bin and yep. mom is chained up in the basement so that she doesn't get out and and go feral again yep and they're trying to synthesize a uh some sort of cure, cure? but <laughs> yeah it's, we it, don't know. there's a bit of an upward inflection question mark there yeah but we don't know how it happened that was the other thing too. It's like they ended the season and we don't know how she got became a zombie. We don't know if she got bit. I mean, she didn't get bit. We probably would know that. So how did this happen? What was that thing she threw up? Like none of those questions were answered at all or even close to. Um, I don't know. I look forward to the more, I look forward to another season. I hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no reason that they won't have a second season. That's crazy. I had heard some behind-the-scenes stuff that apparently uh, Drew Barrymore has recently gone through a divorce, and she was filming this while going through the divorce, so she said that it was very therapeutic and it helped her get out a lot of the uh, stuff she was dealing with. You can kind of see that when you rewatch the episodes. You see the, the banter between husband and wife. Yep. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. 
I don't know. It was great. The writing was great. Uh, I love, I mean, I'm, I like Drew Barrymore. I love Timothy Oliphant. So, I mean, that's always nice. I was a completely different character for him though. Like it was a complete departure <laughs> from when he was from either being Seth Bullock or from being, um, unjustified. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like definitely not anywhere close to what we're used to seeing. No, him as. confident badass. Yep. Um, so I got some. I got a little couple news things to touch on, as do real I. quick to, to wrap up. Uh, they started filming Han Solo. Yes, the new Han Solo solo flick. Red so Cup. that's cool. Red Cup. Yep, that's cool, right? Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie slated for next year has been pulled by Paramount now. Yes, it's not going to be happening, unfortunately. Like, this, and everything's canceled. Like, the, everything that they've been talking about for the last couple of years, the reboot of the movie or the new TV series, it's all shelved. It's all gone. It's the speculation it's is because uh, Rings did abysmally at the theaters. It only yep. brought in like 13 million opening weekend, and yeah. So the speculation is that it tanked so bad that they were like, oh, we're not investing yeah. any more money in more horror. Yeah, Rings is a PG-13 horror movie, though. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yep. It's a PG-13 horror movie. They Generally speaking, unless it's a comedy horror, they, they, don't, they don't do well. You know, they, just, they do average. Yeah. Uh, however, exciting news. Exciting news. Um. They've gone where you know steps have gone forward on the new Halloween flick, even in a release date, October eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. Uh, Danny McBride and uh, David Gordon Green are going to be co-writing the film, and David Gordon Green is going to be directing it, and and and, and uh, John Carpenter will be producing, and it's going to be a direct sequel to his Halloween two. Nice. So yeah, so I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about that, and maybe that will do really well, and then that will that'll go like, well, let's do another Friday the Thirteenth because I don't know why people hated the remake in 2009 so much, the one that had Jared Padalecki in it. I actually really liked the movie. I thought it was good, but then again, I also liked the uh, Jackie uh, Earl Haley Nightmare on Elm Street that people seem to not like. As did so, I. Yeah, I don't know. Excuse me. So that's my news. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go with my news, and then I do have a couple of flicks to talk about that I watched. Sweet. Uh, along the same lines of that Friday the 13th, Bad Boys 3 has now been delayed and pushed back indefinitely, and Bad Boys oh. 4 has been removed from the slate. Yeah, Everybody that's, cry. Oh, yeah. That's a, a horrible revelation. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. Travelers, the show that we loved on Netflix, is getting a second season. Excellent. Nice. Unfortunately, so is the OA. Yeah, I'm not going to watch the OA. That was just fucking stupid. I don't know why it's getting a second season. But hey, if it gets Travelers a second season, whatever. Take what we get. Uh, People like The Path. I got a second season on Hulu, and I thought that was stupid. I still love it. But Um, OA is dumb. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of all this Law & Order talk, did you hear that there's going to be a new Law & Order series? No, I did not. Law & Order True Crime. And it's just what it sounds like. It says that the first season will just be an entire season around the trial of the Mendez brothers. Oh, so it's going to be like... um, The O.J. Simpson show that they did. Oh, but it's going to have actors in it? I guess so. 
It's not going to be like, what was the other one they had, uh, Making a Murderer? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Where that was all like documentary style, but no, it was a series. this is a full-on Law & Order. Law & Order, true crime. So I would assume that it's got the actors and the portrayals and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's something for you to look forward to, because you like the Law & Order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> they've confirmed they are moving forward with the Charmed reboot. Yeah. It's going to be set in 1976 that will have completely new characters. Yay. Well, maybe. We'll see. What stations are going to be on? I don't CW? know. This one I found really interesting, though. Okay. So it's the reboot of The Lost Boys. Huh. Now, the reason that I found this interesting was twofold. One, it's from Rob Thomas, who Rob Thomas did Veronica Mars. He's doing uh, iZombie, which I love. I really dig the guy's writing style and direction on TV. He's rebooting The Lost Boys, and he's reimagining the movie over seven seasons, 70 episodes, starting in 1967 in San Francisco's Summer of Love. Okay. Yeah. So each season, I don't know if it's going to be a year or if it's going to be like a group of five years or what it's going to be. But he's already planned it out for seven seasons, 70 episodes, so 10 per season. And I could dig that. I could get into that because the guy does writing very well, producing very well. I've enjoyed his stuff in the past. A lot of people have. And it sounds like he's got a solid plan in place. It's not just like, yeah, we want to give our own take on vampires. He's like, no, this is the plan. This is what I've got laid out. Hmm. So I got to give him credit for that. I, I do have one more news thing I just remembered. But oh, go for continue. it. Okay, I, I didn't want to interrupt if you had another one to share. So back in September of 2016, the cast of Will and Grace got back together for a 10-minute uh, special that was released online only, urging Americans to vote in the presidential election that year. Yes. And apparently people loved that 10-minute special so much, NBC announced uh, last month that they're bringing it back for a 10-episode ninth season. Wow. For the 2017-2018 television season. I never watched the show, but I've heard so much good about it. I actually, I used to watch the show, actually. I used to watch it back uh, back when it was on. and uh, It's got Eric McCormick in it. Yeah. Who's doing Travelers. Yeah. So that's what made me think of that when you said Travelers got renewed. I was like, that's right, because Will and Grace also got renewed. And I was like, oh, I hope Will and Grace doesn't prevent them from doing Travelers season two. Right. That's what made me remember the Will and Grace one, so. Nice. What'd you watch for flicks? No, I still got more news. Oh, sorry. Jeez, trying to rush me. I didn't try to rush you. <laughs> um, Black Lightning, DC superhero. Okay. They were going to be making a show for him on Fox, but apparently, surprise, surprise, it's being moved to the CW. Okay, you know what? I heard something about that. Actually, Brood made mention of something like that, because I joked, well, they'll put... Legends of Tomorrow back on Thursday. Put this on Friday, then we'll have a full Five Nights of Superhero. Yep. Uh, Greg Berlanti will be producing it, so yeah, yep. it'll probably all end up in the same thing. You think um, it'll tie in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it's a DC show, I'm sure that they'll find a way. Yeah. God, how the hell did CW get five DC shows? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and yet they won't bring back Constantine. Damn them. Well, they're bringing it back in animated form, remember? Yes, CW yes. Seed. But still. 
Um, this was a big week for Marvel's Runaways. I don't know if you read up on this, but um, the show, like, earlier this week, they announced that they had cast all six of the kids. And then later on in the week, they announced that they had cast all 10 or 12 of the parents for the kids. Yeah. It's going to be, it's a Marvel comic. Whoa. It's a Marvel what? <laughs> Sorry, you sounded like you were attacking your microphone there for a second. Uh, actually, I stepped on the cord when oh, I stood up to stretch nice. my legs and just ripped it off my head. <laughs> uh, Runaways is a Marvel comic series. Uh, it focuses on these six kids who have superpowers, and they decide to band together to do good because it turns out all their parents are villains and evil. And, uh, it's really popular. It's, it's, a lot of people really like it. It's a teenage kind of story. So you got that demographic there, but it's going to be a Hulu original series. And, uh, oh, Hulu's getting on it. Yeah. So we'll probably get them all at once because they do that with most of their shows except for The Path for some reason. Uh, but I'm really excited about that. I was excited when I first heard about the, the story. You know, that they were going to do it on Hulu. But yeah, within one week, they're like, here's all the kids and here's all their parents. Um, a lot of first time, not really first timers, but you know, people who you'd be like, I don't know who this is. And they've been in little yep. shows and stuff. James Marsters, though, he played, uh, Spike on Buffy and Angel. Yep. He has been cast as, and he was also Brainiac in Smallville. Uh, he has been cast as one of the, uh, parents. So okay. I'm excited about that. But yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I'm excited that they're moving forward with this. Nice. And the only other news is just kind of random news, and that's that, um, oh, God. Liefeld. Uh, Liefeld. Oh, God, I can't even think of his first name. From uh, Deadpool fame. Yeah. Has announced to the world that when we hear who they've cast as Domino and Cable, it will be mind-blowing for everyone. And of course, the rumor has been that Pierce Brosnan has been showing up in things with Ryan Reynolds lately, and they're yeah. thinking he might be Cable. So I think that's a red herring. I think that they were messing around with that, but supposedly he says that this will blow everybody's minds. So we shall see. And unless they say Cable is Stephen Lang, it's not going to blow my mind. <laughs> what about Ron Perlman? Nah, see, that doesn't do it for me. No. Because no, when I see Robin Perlman, all I think of is Hellboy and then his character on Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> gotcha. And and so he's kind of been typecast in my mind as as a non cable type. Gotcha. Yeah. Um So yeah, that was it for my news. Uh the movies I won't spend a lot of time on this one, but I will say that I watched Central Intelligence. That movie with Kevin Hart and The Rock. I, I watched that myself. It was not terrible. Nope. Um, but was, I don't have a reason to ever want to watch it again. Exactly. Exactly. I think the best part of it was the, the cameos and then the bloopers at the end during the credits. Yeah. You know, when Kevin Hart's like, you know, Sting, uh, Madonna, The Rock, these are all made up people with stupid made up names. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> um, but I liked seeing Melissa McCarthy in, in her little cameo and Aaron Paul and yeah. uh, Jason Bateman was phenomenal as the douche you know the, well, the bully grown he plays up. that character so well <laughs> he does that I, I don't know what to say how about the oscar goes to are you kidding me found <laughs> jesus i'm a scientologist bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are the best parts of it but 
I ended up seeing John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, you did? Is it good? Is it really good? Well, here's the thing. It was actually an interesting story. So I got a message like a week and a half ago from Jer, my buddy Jer. And he was like, yep. hey, I'm putting this together. I want to go. couple of us. I want you to come with us. And it was for Sunday, yesterday. And yep. at the time, I was like, sure, no problem. Then midway through the week, I got a message from Mr. Mully, and he was like, hey, did you like the first John Wick? I was like, I did like the first John Wick. And he's like, you want to go see the second one? I was like, sure. He's like, how about tomorrow? I said, okay. Well, tomorrow came, and it was the first major snowstorm that Maine got hit with. And yeah. everybody got sent home early, and he's like, no, the roads are terrible. Let's not go. So we ended up not going. Didn't reschedule. It's fine. Life happens. So then yesterday was when I was supposed to go see it with Jer and company, and they were predicting the blizzard of the century. Yep. So I was worried that we weren't going to get to see it again because of snow. Turns out that the snow started while we were in the theater, so I was able to go see it. It was good. Asterix. Why is there an asterisk? Because I was going to see, I, I was going to talk to you about this when you're done, about if you want to go see it tomorrow at 1245. Interesting. So that's why it's funny you bring it up. But anyways, keep going. So it was good with an asterisk because whereas the first one was his quest for revenge against, you know, the punks who did this to him and going after the dad too because the dad's like, oh, you killed my son. This one takes you much more inside the world that was hinted at in the first one. Um, You get to see more of the operations of the entire pantheon of professional assassins uh it's got its slow spots the action is just as ramped up probably more so than the first one i i love the fact like a lot of movies in the action genre they just show people like spraying and praying they they fire their guns like crazy and you know, it seems like every shot connects because, you know, they just, they aim their gun in the general direction of the bad guy and fire three times. And it's like, oh, look, all center mass. You know, there's nothing in the shoulder or the neck or anything like that. They're just like, wow, this guy has immaculate aiming with just one hand. So in this one, no. John Wick, A, he holds his gun like um Riggs does from Lethal Weapons, surprisingly enough. Remember how you were complaining about that last time? Yes. Wick holds his gun the same way. I was watching it going, oh, look at that. (laughs) And it's very deliberate. When he fires that gun, the bullets appear where he's aiming. So everybody that he shoots gets at least a double tap. So it might be like one shot in the knee, one shot in the head, or one shot in the leg, one shot in the chest. And you watch his hands and the gun move to those exact spots every time. It's Really nice. I really enjoyed that aspect of it because, again, you don't see that a lot in movies. It's just like, where's the squib going to explode? I don't know. I'm just going to aim over there somewhere. But with him, it was literally like, you know, one in the chest, one in the head, one in the chest, one in the head. And you're watching the gun bounce up and down each time, you know, as he aims at each area. So that was really nice. It, it just, it wasn't like mind-blowingly phenomenal. It was good action. It was slow, slow spots. Okay. Um, I did enjoy a lot of the death, although I'd have to check. If it was R-rated, then it was R-rated for simply the amount of blood and guts. 
Yeah, it's rated R. Yeah, but like, there's one scene where he's talking to a whoop. Pardon me. He's talking to a woman, and she like unzips her dress and undresses herself and steps into a tub. And the camera angles make sure to only capture like her head or her backside, but not even the buns when she undoes her dress. So it's very careful to not show any nudity whatsoever. Not that it's necessary, but it was very apparent that yeah. they were doing their best to not show nudity. Well, nothing can be as blatant as when they took Taken as rated R, Taken 3 from its rated R down to its PG-13 level. So That was so obvious it was painful. Yeah, yeah, it was. But yeah, yes, I, it was. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. Um, it was like the first one really grabbed me and I really liked it. Oh, same here, yeah. Uh, I regret sec- not seeing that in the theater. The second one was very open to a sequel. In fact, it basically, like, this one starts off at the end of the first one. Yes, from what I hear, timeline-wise, it takes place five days later. Yeah, yeah, and we pick up right where we left off because if you'll recall from the first one, you know, he got his man, never got his car back. Right. So we start off by going after the car. And then this one ends, and you can see where, like, they could pick up that exact same scene in the third movie. Which is good. Um, it was, it was good. I would give it, like, a solid, I'd say, seven, maybe seven and a half. Cool. Just based on the merits. I'm, I'm assuming of the that's action. out of 10, not 100. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, but, okay. <laughs> but that's based on the merits of the action. Right. You know, the, the gunplay and stuff like that. And feeling like you were inside the world of a professional hitman. You know, we get a bit more of a glimpse of there's more people that know him and more people who are like, oh my God, it's John Wick. Oh my God, John Wick's coming for me. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I think that about does it for me. Trailers yeah, is all stuff that we've seen before. Yeah, I'm all wrapped up myself, so. Yeah. No new trailers on John Wick 2? No, I wrote them all down. Um, the Belko Experiment. I'm yep. so looking forward to that movie. Yeah, I really want to see that. That looks great. But then it was like, you know, the extended trailer for Life, the extended trailer for Ghost in the Shell, uh, Fate of the Furious, Kong Skull Island. I really want to see that. Me too. Uh, Logan. And the last one was All Eyes on Me, and it's E-Y-E-Z, and it's the story of Tupac. No interest? Nope, me either. So, yeah, that was it. The The only good trailer that I saw this week was the full trailer for Iron Fist. Yes, that does look great, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I look forward to that. Super good. Yep. Yes, and those all drop in March, don't they? Is it? I think it is March. Sounds good Maybe to me. It. I'm pretty sure it is. So, cool. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up. I thanks for right. listening. Yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm on the Twitter machine, at Superstar Mel. The show is at What Did You Watch? I'm on Twitter as well at the Quantum Geek G33K. And uh, the show's got the Facebook page at What Did You Watch This Week? And uh, so hit us up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.